Hello there, Comic Clan, and welcome to Comics and the Cross, the greatest streamers you have never heard of. I, of course, am one of your hosts for today, Cross, alongside my partner in crime, the other half of the dynamic duo of Twitch, Nitro. What's up, everybody? How How's are we all doing today, folks? How are we feeling today? Chaos, we are on, man. We're on. All right, you so... Cut horizon off. <laughs> yeah, get him back in here. Um... So, disclaimer up front today, we are 100%, as we've talked about, we are talking about Mouse. We're going to be talking about this indie comic book club, we are delving into this. This isn't your typical indie comic book club we are doing today. This is 100% real life story of the author and artist Art Spiegelman's father and his experiences during World War II. And we're going over Volume 1 today. We will be doing a second part to this next week where we talk about Volume 2. But Volume 1 today, this is like the story of basically most of the war, his experiences. And there's some kind of horrific stuff that happens in here. Yeah. And this is before he even goes to Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. So there are going to be some sensitive topics, as you can see from the title. We're going to be covering a little bit about the ban as well and about why this um, has become such a controversial book in certain places, why people are talking about it. And just so you're aware, some of the topics in it are a little bit controversial if you're not ready to hear them or to hear some of the details on it. We understand. This isn't a typical light-hearted in the comic book club today, but this is a very important thing to talk about. Yeah. This is a very important subject to branch into today, talking about uh, the Holocaust, talking about World War Two, talking about Nazis, talking about Auschwitz. This is... And now I bet Theos. <laughs> oh, sorry, Theos. But, yeah. But, like, we, I just... I want to put that disclaimer out there. I don't want to put a downer on today. This is going to be an amazing conversation. I am so excited for this conversation. I am 100% been hyped for this. I've been hyped for this since the controversy came about. And I was yep. like, we need to get this book. Yeah, We need to get this book and talk about it 100%. And then everybody and Cross, else had the same idea. <laughs> and Cross came in clutch along with our local comic shop, who we're good friends with. And we got a couple copies, thanks yeah. to Cross's lovely wife, Jay. Yeah, like a week ago or something, we got <laughs> these like literally Richmond Comics, our local comic store. Massive shout out to them. Yes. Um, phenomenal sort they have hooked us up in so many occasions but like this book has been sold out everywhere and like out of nowhere last weekend they posted it on social media hey we got a few copies of mouse and when i say a few copies i mean they got three yeah i mean shout out to your local comic book shop if if you have one near you they might be a little more pricey than your amazons or your second and charles if you have something like that near you or secondhand shops but man go show them some love Go show them Absolutely. some love. Absolutely. Support your local comic book shop. Absolutely. Richmond Comics has came in clutch for us so often. I will shout them out time and time again. They took two of their three copies that they <laughs> had in them. the store and held them behind the counter for us to get yeah. there. Don't get me wrong, I told them we'll be there within like 30 minutes to, to an hour, like at the yeah. longest. Um, I told them we're going to be right there to get them, but at the same time, they still put them. They could have wholeheartedly said, no, they're staying on the shelf. If they're there when you yeah. get here, they're there. Yeah. But massive shout out to them for helping hook us up with this. Um, so yeah, if you are not able to hang around for today, absolutely love your faces. Thank you so much. Um, uh, I thought I remember seeing this book a long time ago. Then? When did it come out? Uh, it's been out for a while now. It's been out for a few decades. Um, 73. 73, yeah. I was going to say that. It's, it's, it's a fairly... 
it's about fair, 50 years old almost yeah it's been around for a while like it's it's been around for a fair while this book like i i literally seen it in passing the the interesting thing is the place that i always remember seeing it was like even recently since i've been in the states like we would go to like barnes and noble and stuff in the bookstores mm. and it would yep. literally be in the biography section hmm. next to other books oh, it wasn't yeah, in the right. comic section it would sit you're in right. the biographies and stuff so like yeah. I I never kind of like gave it much thought. Like this is literally my first reading of this. I didn't know that much about the book. I didn't know I, really I didn't either. about it before this, yeah. which I I kind of feel guilty for as a comic fan. Like I didn't know much about Mouse. But the only printed work to ever win a Pulitzer award and an Eisner award. You've heard us talk about Eisner awards here on the show before, especially for Indie Comic Book Club. They are like the comic book awards. And they give out to some of the best new works out there, best things. So it it has won that, but like literally even on the front page or the front inside cover of my dust jacket, it talks about it. Nineteen ninety two, yeah, Pulitzer, and it's like so. This this book is an acclaimed book. It's probably it's the only book in existence, and probably will only ever be the only book in existence to win a Pulitzer Prize and an Eisner Award. And, there is no... and this is I know I know I talked to you earlier across about this off stream, but like normally when I pick up comics, you know this, I pick up comics like so I like to pour over the art. I like to pour over yeah. how the art is done, how the panels are structured mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. This is one of the very, very few comics where I kinda just got lost in the the reading of it. The story like, I, is I, so good. I would not look at pictures on the page for like a, a couple pages straight <clears throat> and i realized oh crap i haven't looked at the pictures i've just been reading the comic because it's it's incredibly engrossing you get so taken into the world i don't know what it is about art spiegelman's like the way he portrays the story and the way he puts the story on page mm-hmm. it's, it's just phenomenal like mm-hmm. i was so engrossed in this i was so captured by this book um, it's absurd right like the absurdity of it like you have these anthropomorphic black and white drawings of mice and cats and pigs talking like humans dealing with really human like really intense stuff well i've said that to you beforehand like they've literally got like the heads of mice and cats and pigs but like they still yeah. refer to themselves as human and they still act yeah. like human like near the end of the book they're hiding in a cellar and it is uh the author's like father who's the story's about vladik and him and his wife anya are hiding in the cellar and like she's screaming because of a rat yeah in a normal typical story you're like why would you freak out at a rat you're a mouse yeah i know and it's like but like it's literally played as a human story it's a representation to put it across in a specific way but yet it mm. keeps it completely human and yeah I, I i was very aware in reading this book about the real life situation like every so often like every few pages i i, I don't mean like every so often i think about it and it hit me i mean like literally every couple of pages mm it would just hit me and I'd be reminded of this is a real story. Yeah, this really happened. These are real people. And like, I mean, the whole first chapter is almost like a slice of life, I said to you. uh, There's barely any mention. I think the only mention is like one uh, picture when they're on the train and they pull into a city and there's a swastika flag flying in the town and that's like the first real mention of the Nazis and the invasion Mm -hmm. coming and all the stuff that's about to come. And And they're basically like, I hope they don't stick around type like kind of like hardy horror type stuff yeah it's like it's played off so calm so chill but in your head you're like oh that's right this isn't a happy story there is so much awfulness to come yeah and it's like but it's an awfulness like i said to you that i think we have to talk about and we have to remember and we have to this book is called controversy and we're going to talk about that but like 
this controversy around it also goes in the face of like all the stuff of you know, over the years you hear people talking about not wanting to speak about the Holocaust, wanting to forget mm-hmm. about the Holocaust, wanting to forget yeah. about the horribleness of what happened. Yeah. And the truth is, like, there are people who do want to do it and don't think we should teach it and want to like basically cover it over and it's like mm-hmm. that's not okay. We need to remember the horrible yeah. atrocities that happen in history. If you yeah. forget history you're doomed to repeat it. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember this stuff. This is hard hitting, this is real life, but it's important. Yep. <coughs> I agree. Agree. So, yeah. Sorry, I went on a tangent already. I totally didn't hey, expect. Oh, good to man. Go I was like, are we jumping straight in? <laughs> I totally <laughs> did not expect to, but like part of that was just I want to put a disclaimer out there. Like, this yeah, is yeah. going to be real. This is going to be hard. This is going to be. Um. But let's dial right, it back gonna, and let's yeah. let's chill into it. Let's ease into it. Tom Levine and chat. Uh, I've been to Dasha and it leaves an impression to say the least. I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine. I've always wanted to go and like visit the camps, to go and see them and see the remains of like Auschwitz and to see the remains of these camps just to experience yeah. it, yeah. knowing full well like it's not going to be a pleasant trip, mm-hmm. but just because like it is that part of history. Yeah. So I I can only imagine what that felt like being there, Tom, and to think about that. But yeah, let's. We're going to be jumping into this book, and the the thing is as well, like this book has got a lot of good moments to it, a lot of feel good yeah. points to it, a lot of happiness to it as well. <clears throat> um, so I definitely don't want to like just weigh it down on like this heaviness of it, but I yeah. want to get across like this is not going to be your typical podcast from us today. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and this is not like you know I was telling you before the 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 stream like the Art Spiegelman, the guy who wrote it um, about his father, Vladik. He said, this is not a feel-good story. This is not, like, a story that has, like, a redemption arc at the end. This is not that type of story, you know? He no. said, he said I never wanted to be Mouse. He said, I never wanted Mouse to be for children. I wasn't doing it in the context of, I'm going to teach people how to be better. I'm going to teach people that they should learn about the Holocaust because never again. That was his whole goal behind this this book. Yeah. And I, we've still read, I've still read volume two. I've not read the second one yet um, yeah. for next week, but... <clears throat> In volume one, I think he 100% encapsulates that. Mm-hmm. I think he absolutely yep. um, encapsulates that feeling of it. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I jumped into danger too. I know. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, so we're going to be jumping into Mouse today. Um, I actually wanted to t- start a little more lighthearted. I didn't expect to jump fully into that. I wanted to ease us in. Way to go, Cross. Way to go. I can't help it. You know I rant. You know that this stuff just comes out and that's why I put a mic in front of myself and come on a show every week because I need to get it out you somewhere. like to talk is that what you're saying you like to talk? <laughs> I know I like to talk me no never never I, I never rant and ramble never once <laughs> when I got like what 50 plus shows of me doing exactly that um, I actually wanted to talk about like I got to get some comics yesterday and I wanted to talk a little oh, yeah. bit about it and ease us in because okay. um, if you got to see on social media I did post that Jay and I actually went for a date day yesterday Oh shoot! And um, one of the day, the places we went, we just went and hung out in a few places before we went for dinner. Nothing major, and we actually went by Second and Charles. And um, so I picked up a couple of things at Second and Charles, a couple of things I'm excited for. And I got for those this- of you who do not know, uh, Cross and I live near a store called Second and Charles, which may not be uh, national. I don't know, but it's basically a secondhand uh, bookstore. Uh, and they sell a lot of comics. We would we would live in Second and Charles if we could. Like they have a lot oh, yeah. of secondhand comic stuff. Oh, yeah. So, um, and awesome. I also picked up a mystery box. Um, oh, I did open it as part of my date night last night. I was told by my wife I had to, ah. um, to see what was in it. 
Um, I didn't realise when I picked up the mystery box that they were labelled differently. Like, some apparently were Marvel and DC, and I picked up one that was indie comics. Ooh, nice. And I thought, oh, indie comics, nice. It was crap. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, it's mostly crap, 25 bucks for nothing. Um, I got a couple of things out of it, but nothing major. So I'll show you some of the good stuff I got out of that, and there's a whole box of stuff like, what the hell's this? <laughs> Although I will say they clearly didn't have a clue what they were doing with it. They didn't, like, it's not like they've been put together well. It's not a highly curated box. It's not a saying. curated box. They literally picked like 50 comics yeah. and just dumped them. Because what are the I, cheapest comics we can put in there? <laughs> well, it's not even that because I've got like one comic in there was in there like four times. Another one, yeah. another couple were in there twice. And I'm like, you couldn't even go through it to make sure there wasn't doubles. Like seriously. Um, so let me start with that actually. Let me start with some of the ones I pulled out of here that I'm going to be keeping out of the mystery box. And then I'll show some of the stuff I picked out and bought myself. Nice. Uh, Ravenite, wait, nudity, violence, and language. We're going not family friendly. It's my time to share. Ravenite, <laughs> Ravenite's been waiting for this moment all along. Yes. Um, so, by the way, if you want any of these comics, Nitro, I've got some doublers here. Some of them okay, are sweet. not bad. By all means, if you want any, you can have them. Okay. <clears throat> so, these ones I kept just because they were kind of like old school. Yeah. Very old school comics. Not in particular for like anything about them, but just like older comics. I'm like, yeah. Huh. I, I kind of don't want to chuck away older comics. I kind of want to feel like they should be kept and protected, yeah. almost like. Heck yeah. Poor old school comics. Um, there was a Ooh. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Nice. Is that dark horse. Uh, yeah, that's a dark horse one. Hold on, the comics are dropping. How dare you? Yeah, see those comics. I just wanted to protect the box. Just sure. opened That's itself, sure. and the box just opened itself and like tossed them on the floor. So, good stuff. <clears throat> uh, so I have no idea what this is. Catalyst Agents of Change, but this is the one that was like four of in there. So I figured since there's four copies in the box, I might as well actually keep one of them. That looks pretty cool, though. The art looks pretty cool. It looks interesting. Uh, this one, Decorum. I have Ooh. no idea what it is, but I kept literally because it's Hickman. Hickman, heck yeah, dude. So like, I have no idea what it is, what the story is, what anything is, but it's a book by Hickman, so I'm like, hell yeah, I'm keeping that. Very interesting cover. <clears throat> so I kind of want to go up and look that one up online and check it out. Yeah. Um, what else we got? Oh, I got a couple of Dune comics. Oh, sweet. Uh, so I actually got two that I think are the same issue, just variant covers. Nice. So I got that one, and then that one's also a number six. Dude, that's sweet. And it seems to be the same series. So. Boom Studio? Yeah. And then I also got a number seven. That's awesome. Quite a cool cover to that one. I like that one. Um, yeah, I got an issue one of Gears of War. Ooh. That's sweet. So that was a cool one to grab in there. Um, and then you know I'm a big Doctor Who fan. I love sci-fi stuff. I'm a massive fan of Doctor Who. So there was some Doctor Who comics in there which I quite happily nabbed. Uh, stories on the Eighth Doctor, so they'll be from the same series. So I might have a new little series to start collecting. <coughs> oh, and that one as well, like is a fried pie variant from, which is like the Second and Charles and Books a Million like variant company. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that was the stuff out of the box. Then I got these ones myself, not having a clue there was Doctor Who in the box. I got a Doctor Who comic myself. Nice. Uh, Supremacy of the Cybermen number one, and also got number two, I found. Sweet. Because uh, it features four of the Doctors coming together. Yeah. So, I got those. 
Um, and then I saw this because apparently I was in a BBC kick last night. Nice. Sherlock studying pink from the Sherlock show featuring Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, yeah. Um, on a further look, um, this is actually from the Geek Fuel boxes. Okay. Like was was like a subscription box you could get. Yeah. Um, and then on the back of it, there's actually a certificate of authenticity. Hmm. Uh, Geek Fuel has That's issued this certificate sweet. to authenticate this copy of Sherlock: A Study in Pink Number One as an exclusive limited edition distributed solely by Geek Fuel. Dude, so, that's awesome. That's a good find. So yeah, got that. Um, and then of course to keep going um, in the indie, I got some actual graphic novels. So I got Middle West by okay. um, Scotty Young. Ooh, I love the art, dude. So that's Scotty Young, who's like most famous for like the baby variants of the Marvel stuff. Okay. Yeah, uh, this is one of his own series, Middle West. I have actually read issue one of this. I got a free um, digital copy of it, and it's actually really good. So awesome, I'm intrigued dude. to delve into this. This is actually one that's on that was on my Amazon list of stuff to pick up. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I got this one, Undiscovered Country, mm. from Scott Snyder, which I read the. You told me about this, I think, before. Yeah, this is basically like where the whole of America is like walled off from the rest of the world, and yeah, is like basically all this stuff is dumped there. Yeah. Infinity Bros in chat saying yeah, Jarrett is very big on Middle West. Yeah, I've heard him like talking well about it. I've never read the whole thing myself, so I'm excited for it. Uh, but basically, yeah, like America's walled off from the rest of the world for like Dude, I don't awesome. even know how long it is. And then this is a story about like the first group to go in there, like Dude, since then, so and sweet. what they find. So I'm like, that's. If this is that's a good one, this is this is a future indie comic book club one. I, yeah, dude, I'm down. I want to buy it right now. I <clears throat> um, and then of course, because I wasn't a total Doctor Who kick, because I've been watching Doctor Who with um, Jay and starting to take her through it, um, I found the Twelfth Doctor, Volume nice. One of his run, um, so I wanted to grab that while I could see it, and the artwork's actually pretty decent in it as well. It's not too bad, you know. The artwork's That's actually pretty good. So I wanted to check it out because I've never actually really read a lot of the Doctor Who comics, so I thought I'll delve into that. And since I'm picking up, a, so it ended up being a bit of a Doctor Who night at Second and Charles for me, not entirely intentionally, but yeah. but yeah, that was my little haul. So I got Dude, quite a awesome. bit. Dude. Um, Dude, speaking speaking of indie comics, so my wife has gotten into Lock and Key, a Lock and Key kick. Your wife Dude. is obsessed with Lock and Key. So, she has read more so, Lock and Key than we have. Oh, combined, probably. Yeah. Um, so I had volume one and two. I bought two after we had gone through one because I thought it was really cool. Uh, she then proceeded to buy three, four, five, and six, and she's read all of them. <laughs> so, But, dude, it gets so good, man. It's so good. I'm on volume four right now, man. I need to keep going. Um, I have only read up to volume two. Um, yeah. Because I I don't so I don't get the chance to like go through big runs like that because I usually like jump to stuff so like because I've like oh I've not read more of that series I want to read yeah. that one oh I've not read more of that series so I've got if like, you don't volume... buy it <clears throat> if you don't buy it and you want to borrow it just let me know man I will do it uh, yeah Mallet which is your favorite Doctor Who uh, favorite Doctor I've got a few answers to that question my I'm very big on a twelfth Doctor Peter Capaldi run right now um nothing to do with the fact that he's an angry old Scotsman. So I'm not that I don't relate to him at all in any way, and that's why I grabbed this stuff. I'm very big in him, but I always have a soft spot for the Ninth Doctor, uh, Christopher Eccleston's the first one of the new reboot, and um, just because he was my first Doctor, 
Mm. He was the one that like I watched and got into it. Like I watched the the Eighth Doctor's movie when I was a kid, but I didn't really know what it was. Yeah. But it was watching the Ninth Doctor. Like that's that was my intro. That was my I'm into Doctor Who, and I'm like, yes, I'm a fan now. Um, so th- I'm always got a spot for him. Again, not to mention the fact of like he's a sarcastic doctor that walks about in a leather jacket. So <laughs> apparently, I gravitate to certain doctors. That, that's not right up your alley. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, so apparently, I gravitate to certain like versions of the doctor. But that's hilarious. Um, I have a confession to make. I've not seen one episode of Doctor Who. All right, so we know our next sci-fi show we're binging <laughs> then for you. Literally not even one minute. I've not even seen one minute of the show. And I don't know if it's necessarily because I don't want to see it. I just haven't. I think you would enjoy it, actually. It's yeah. The I know adventure. nothing about it. Like, other than, like, some of the imagery from it. I know some of this stuff, but I know, Mallet. I know. I've, I've lost hey, my Hey, Jeff, cred. how's it going? I've lost my geek cred several times on this show, so I'm not afraid dude, to admit the truth. Dude, you don't have geek cred anymore. What are you talking about? <laughs> you, you gave that up a long time ago. Chunk Ooh, hasn't either. Well, Chunk, I know what we're talking about next Friday night, then. <laughs> oh. I am halfway over the shouts. Let me raise her. Neither have I, Isaac Nitro. Yes, I'm not alone! See, that's, the, dif- alone. See, that's the difference, though. Like, There's a certain like community over here that has gravitated to Doctor Who, but whereas there's a lot of stuff that you've grown up with, Doctor Who's what I grew up with. It's a yeah. British show. It's a British staple. Like when yeah. it when it came back in two thousand and five, there was a massive thing about it coming back. Okay. Mm, you can and should watch the Angel Statue episode. Yes, Blink, one of the best episodes ever. The Weeping Angels. The, so they, it's statues that don't move. If you're looking at them, as soon as you stop looking at them, they move. Dang. Like if that's not a horror episode and a half, like. Alright, so the, the the extent of my British like stuff that I liked was I, I I'm a huge fan of Rowan Atkinson. Oh, I mean, that's, yes. that's that's just that's about it. I mean, because I wasn't exposed, obviously, like you said, I wasn't exposed to a lot of stuff like that, like a lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of British stuff, or from across the pond. Yeah, that's actually true, here. Tom. Tom saying we should watch, uh, if you watch the one with the Weeping Angels, it's actually a really good standalone, and they are on HBO Max chunk. So maybe it is one we'll do for a future show and get you to. Like, oh, okay. To yeah, jump yeah. into it and see if like what you think of it, um, I would li- I would not mind watching it. I just I, again I've never I've just never seen it. So I've done some shout outs. I realized not actually been doing any. I'm like, and there's a ton of people in here. So, so everyone I'm doing shout outs for, by all means, go and follow them. If you're not already, there are way too many for me to literally name them all at this uh-huh. point. Uh, Mallet saying as well, like yeah, your first Doctor tends to end up being your favorite because it's the one that usually gets you hooked. <clears throat> no, don't watch it in the dark, Tom. Don't watch Blink in the Dark. Like I still can't look at statues normally now without like taking a second glance at them. Um But yeah, the first your first doctor tends to be the favourite. And um, Mallet saying like one of his his will always be Tom Baker, the fourth doctor. Um and he's a lot of people's favourites from like especially from the older runs and one hundred percent. He's an amazing uh-huh. doctor. Tom Baker uh-huh. Tom yeah. Baker's the guy that like kids used to run up to in the street thinking he was the doctor. And he would literally, without missing a beat, go into character and start talking to them as the Doctor. And I like, I love that. I love that so much. I'm a David Tennant fan, so I wouldn't mind like checking. Tennant's out. Doctor is awesome as well. You would yeah, actually yeah, probably yeah. love Tennant's Doctor. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge, uh, not a huge Tennant fan, but I, I like David Tennant. Yeah, Tennant's good. Tennant's one of those actors who's got an amazing range to him. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I think at the very least we should start like if we do start with like the series one of the reboot, like when the Christopher Eccleston came back, Let's um, do it, and delve into it. To, to be fair, we still actually technically still need to do the second half of the Firefly reaction. We oh, never yeah. ever did that. <laughs> we didn't, did we? Maybe like through March and April, that's what we should do, like a retake of like all the episodes we still meant to do, because we still need to do like another indie comic book club or um, no, yeah. a superhero square goal, and we still need yeah. to do. Yeah, Tennant's an amazing one, Mal. He's a great doctor. So maybe we'll do like March and April to kind of clear that out. Yeah. And then following, like when we do, we our should next... call March and April. Uh, build Nitro's Geek Cred months. Do you know what we could do the reaction? Do you know what we could do the talk? We could do like a watch of the first season and talk through it and we know where we could do it. Where? Uh, we could do the episode during the 12 hour stream. Dude, I'm down. That could be the one for the 12 hour stream. I'm down. The statue episode you're talking about? We could do the statue one as like your or, introduction. Or the, or the first intro. Oh, I, I think we could do that or we could do like the like do a whole through like watch season one and then talk about it and like you coming in as a blind like non-fan like what yeah, do you yeah. think? Yeah. Because that's, okay. what's, that's what the season one's designed to do is to for brand new people who have never seen it before like here's yeah. your intro to the Doctor. Okay. Sweet. And yeah, I mean, I'm down. I, 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 I would not mind watching it for real. I think you would actually really like it. It's a really, it's a really fun show. Like in terms of sci-fi, I'm like, and it's very different as well. If like if you're used to the kind of more sci-fi stuff here, like Star Trek, Star Wars, Stargate, you know, all the bigger sci-fi stuff from here in the states, it's a very different type of show. Yeah. Okay. It's a very different. It's it's definitely a quintessential British show. There's definitely more Americanism to it now because we're like in season thirteen since it rebooted. Yeah. Uh, Chunk wants to watch it as well. Awesome, by all means, Chunk. Yeah, watch it and join in the conversation. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, it'd be really interesting to see your kind of input on it and intake on it. And just like not to like watch any of the older stuff or anything like that. Just literally jump in at the reboot and this okay. is what you think. Yeah, man. All right, there we go. So that's something set. Which, by the way, if it, no one remembers, because we've not really been talking about it, because we had our time away and stuff, we are going to be doing a twelve-hour stream probably at the end of April. And we're going to be talking more details about that soon. But yeah, we'll do it as part of that if you guys are interested. Heck yeah, dude. I want to see us talk about it. Woot from Jethko. <laughs> Thank you, Jethko. How are you doing as well, Jethko? Sorry, you came Woot. in like in the middle Woot. of all Woot. of that and I didn't even get a chance to say hi to you coming in. So how are you doing, Jethko? And how's everyone else doing? How's Tom, Mallet, Chunk, Infinity Bros? Um, who else is here? I'm totally missing people. I can only, I can only scroll up so far. Ah. If there's anyone I'm missing, I am absolutely sorry. But how are you all doing today? Raven. Raven Knight. Raven Knight, that's right. Raven Knight came in because he was happy that we're <laughs> delving into About the nudity. non- Nudity and language. <laughs> nudity, violence and language. Yes. Raven Knights came on the right day. <laughs> uh, I assume it was a Doctor Who you were talking about. I've never watched it. Yes, we have, we're talking about Doctor Who because I uh, got a whole bunch of Doctor Who comics yesterday. And we're talking about getting Nitro into it. Working on, a, working on a battle tech story today. Ooh, that sounds good, Tom. Um, oh, I was going to say to you as well, Nitro, since Tom's in the chat, have you had a chance to check out the comic he sent us? I have not. It's in our um, email. He sent us a PDF Ooh. for um, Beckett's last mixtape. Um, go and check it out, because Tom, I might reach out to you, because I might bring you on the show to talk about it if you're up for that. Just, just for you being in the chat, I'm totally throwing this out there off the cuff. The fact that you're in chat and Nitro's there, because um, I read through it and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's just the first issue yeah, of it. Awesome. He sent us a PDF of it, and I'm like, 
Apparently he was trying to send us like the actual physical copies and something happened. Apparently they didn't recognise my address for some reason. Are you serious? I don't know what happened. I'm like I've had plenty of stuff shipped to my house from like everywhere, so I'm like I don't know why, but <clears throat> But Tom, yeah, absolutely. I'll drop you a message after the show and um we'll work that out, Tom, and get you on. Alright, I just pulled it up. I did not even realise you sent that. Thank you so much, Tom. I'll t- I'll definitely take a look at that this week. Yeah, because I had a chance to read that, and I'm like, this is actually interesting. This is a good conversation piece. <clears throat> so I'm like, yeah, bring him on and talk about it, and give him a chance to push his um, Kickstarter for it, because it is up on Kickstarter as well. So, uh, pretty good. Been playing a lot of Destiny Two this week, and nice. I have not played Destiny Two, and I don't know how long. Junk. It was one of those games I got really into, like when we first started really doing a lot of streaming stuff, and it's just honestly yeah. fallen to the wayside, and I have not touched it in so long. Dude, I have it too, and I haven't played it in a, a long time. Yeah, that's always one of those ones where, like, I see pe- tons of people playing it. I'm like, should I get back into it at some point and try it's it? It's a good game, man. It's a good. It's game. a great game. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed it when I played it. It's just fallen to the wayside. Like, yeah. But speaking of games, I know we got to get into mouse, but I saw our intro video. I saw Apex, dude. We got to get into some Apex again. I miss that game. That game is fun. Do you remember what happened last time we tried to? We hadn't played it in months, and Yumi and Caleb just said, "Hey, let's do an arena." We got slaughtered. <laughs> we did get slaughtered. We got so absolutely obliterated. That was so fun. Um, all right, so let's delve into this because I want to give as much time to this as we right. can. I, I wanted to do a little bit of levity, a little bit of yeah. intro, and I wanted to talk about the stuff I'd got because it's this is where I get to talk about that stuff. And if you guys want me to go through the rest of this box, by the way, please let me know. I'm more than happy to go through it, but it's full of stuff I've never heard of from companies I don't know. <laughs> our mystery, our mystery box too. Well, we're going to yeah, which I've not opened that. I've still got mine over there from the mystery box. We were going to do an unboxing of stuff that we got, but this is a completely separate one I got last night, and I was totally going to do it on stream, but my wife yeah. told me I had to open it. It was part of my date day stuff, like nice. getting from her, so I had to do it last night. That's I'm kind of glad I did because <laughs> it would not have been a worthwhile reaction <laughs> to get on stream like oh are you kidding me it's like what the hell's this what the hell's this what the hell's this like well this is just porn this is just anime porn like why is this comic in here like it's I don't like, want this you know what I mean like it's just full of stuff like I have no idea what any of this is like <laughs> yeah they just came out with a major expansion so it's a great time to get back into it maybe we will maybe we'll look at picking it up again at some point it's one of those things like I have very little time to game, so like I have to like dedicate time. Like that's yeah, why I had to create same, a new same. stream for like Sea of Thieves was because like yeah. literally I want to play it more and I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which by the way, excited chunk for this Friday for you joining this chunk's gonna be on the crew this Friday. Joining myself, Caleb and Seal. Seal I think was the last nice. one to join in. So nice. we've got an interesting crew for this week. And if you want to be involved in our Sea of Thieves crew, now that I'm mentioning it, please by all means drop us a message. I'm trying to just get everyone and anyone involved in it. Um, but let us talk about mouse. So you said you had it pulled up, so I'm going to hand over to you, Nitro. If you yeah, want yeah. to talk a little bit about the whole reason behind this, yeah, was the controversy of it came out of a Tennessee school, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically yes. taking mouse out of its curriculum. So that's yeah, so I can, what started I can it all. So, hey Seal, just just talking about you, sir, coming and chat there, redeeming. You are, of course, first. <laughs> like what an hour into the show. <laughs> I know. All right, so basically, so the whole controversy around this book started around January twelfth or January tenth, rather, and there was a, a the board of trustees at McKinnon County Schools in East Tennessee, 
In a 10-0 decision, remove the mouse from its school curriculum, expressing concern over its use in 8th grade English lessons, uh, language arts classes. The board cited as its reason rough language and unnecessary profanity, eight words including damn. A small drawing of a nude cat representing a woman mentions a murder, violence, and suicide. Whether it was age appropriate and what the board deemed the values of the community, one board member said that at one time the author of Mouse had drawn uh, cartoons for Playboy magazine. Um, so basically, there, there was a huge uproar in um, this district in Tennessee about whether or not to teach this as part of the curriculum uh, in in for their eighth grade just across across the district. Um, so that's going to kind of tie into what we're talking about today. That obviously plays a huge part in why we're talking about it today, um, and you know what the band means and you know what what we feel about the band and you know and all that stuff but we're going to also jump into the book as well obviously so yeah absolutely we're going to jump into talking about the book like we would with any other indie comic book club yep. but <clears throat> it definitely spurred it on because mouse is one of those books i had never read before mm-hmm. um i'd never i'd seen it on the shelf like i talked about seen it in shelves in passing but i didn't really know much about the book i didn't know anything about it didn't um, I never picked it up, and I heard this book kicking it out, and I was like, and when they were talking about some of this stuff, I was like, really? Is all that stuff in there? Like, cause, like, yeah. And then I started kind of like finding out about the book, and I'm like, well, like for the violence, for example, I'm like, like I can't speak to the nudity, but I'm like, but the violence, and I'm like, well, yeah, it's talking about the Holocaust. Yeah. It's, well, and I remember, I was, I was talking to you before the thing, like, <clears throat> When I was in like, I forgot, I think it, it was in middle school. It definitely was in middle school. So it was like maybe seventh grade. I had to do a report on the Holocaust and Hitler, like specifically like focusing on Hitler, but the Holocaust. I had to go out and do my own research. I had to go to our libraries and stuff like that. The stuff that I read and the stuff that I found was way more intense than what I read in this book. I think what drives this book home is, is it's told from a personal, that the whole book is told from a personal point of view. This is what I personally experienced in the trial. <coughs> And like we talked about it, again but you think that's why it would avoid the controversy, though? Yeah, because isn't just someone making up a story? Like this is why, like you can almost, if you want to say it this way, that's why you can almost get away with it. Yeah, it's because it will wise us in here. It's like, well, this is what happened. This is yeah. his. This is his life. This is yeah. Vladik Spiegelman's life, mm-hmm. and what happened to him through the years of the war. Yeah, and and just to kind of pull back a little bit, so Mouse is two volume story, so. It's a two-volume story. Yeah. So for anyone who hasn't heard, by the way, just be you saying that like this is a two-parter. Yes. And um, so this week we are talking specifically on volume one, and then next week we're going to do the second part of this talking about volume two. Mm-hmm. So I, we're speaking from a perspective of having read this. I have not read volume two yet. Mm-hmm. I have so, not read that. So this is completely. If you've read it and know what's coming in volume two, we have not gotten that far with it yet. So I don't I don't know if you want to do like a whole like narrative walkthrough, but I mean just at at a high level, the story is about a, a Polish Jew named Vladik uh, Spiegelman uh, and his family, his wife Anja, um, about their descent into the middle of the Holocaust, basically. Yeah. And uh, we're we're gonna go over spoilers here in Volume One, but the Volume One ends. We don't even get into Auschwitz until the almost the last page of Volume One. Yeah, literally the very end of Volume One is them. Being taken to Auschwitz, yeah, and it wraps it wraps up there. So like, I can only yeah. imagine like some of the stuff that comes in here is like is very hard hitting. Yeah, I can only imagine what's to come in the yeah. second volume, actually being at Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean the narrative structure in the story is basically 
So uh, Vladik's son, Art Spiegelman, who is the author of this book, who is the author and the illustrator of the book, I believe, mm-hmm. um, he's basically interviewing his dad. And he's basically getting a first-hand account of the descent from basically the end of the 30s until, like, until his liberation, basically, until now. Until now, where he's talking with his father and him, him dealing with his uh, his emotions and his attitude towards his dad, who's who's honestly not um, presented in a, a flawless light. Like his oh, dad no. has some issues, and that that's I think that's an, that's an, that's an endearing part about this book because like it doesn't it doesn't whitewash anything. Even the people who survive, like you're still you still have issues. You still might not be like the best person. You still might be dealing with some prejudices yourself. You know what I'm saying? So, and it doesn't whitewash over that. It hits it straight in the face. Yeah, absolutely. It's because it's actually included in this. It's not because it's like he's talking to his father, but there's actual scenes of like of the story, like you know, like I just opened it at the start of one of the random points, but like it's him talking to his father and like the conversations they have, mm-hmm. and him sitting down and getting the input from his dad and getting like what's yeah. the story and asking him questions. So. You get this almost like intermingled in each chapter of like there's a good few pages at the start and at the end of kind of wrapping around the story sometimes in the middle if they're doing something like one of them they're walking to the bank so you get like bits intermingled and it's a really intriguing way of writing the story yeah because you're not just in because it'd be very easy just to write a Vladic story and just put it in here like there's no reason it couldn't yeah and just write that as beginning to end chronological this is what happened it's a very intriguing thing that he included the actual conversations and like and he even writes it down in the book himself I like know. conversations like I have to go and get a pen and paper because I don't want to yeah. forget this conversation and like he's actually writing it down as is and like yeah he shows him recording it. the conversation that he's actually writing at the moment it's a bit meta <laughs> it's very but it's meta really but it's cool. like it's really cool so it's not like just him like oh I need to record this so I can use it in notes later it's like yeah. to talk about the story it's like he talks about the actual book yeah like and the writing of the book and the conversations with his dad like yeah. his dad's an older gentleman so like and even just regular conversations to like get like you know like his dad's telling him like about like he has to fix a pipe at the roof sort of thing and like and telling him you can help me with it like he's like no I can't I'm, I'm not good at that sort of stuff why don't you just hire a guy nah I'm not paying money for a guy you do it and like yeah. them just walking to the bank and stuff and going to their safety deposit box yeah and even like his marriage like he's um, Anya's dead at the time of the writing of the book and yeah. like and he's remarried to a family friend uh, Mala yeah I believe her name is um, and he's talking to her they freaking hate each other <laughs> They do hate each other. He does not like her. They at do all. nothing but complain and moan and bitch at each other. Yeah. Or to to arty to art about each other. And she survived the Holocaust too. She survived the concentration camps. So. Yeah, she went to concentration camps as well. She's been to Auschwitz with them and stuff yeah. and, and like but art's like stuck in the middle of these two like going to each other. And it's he like shuts his dad down every time he tries to like talk He's like, No, I'm her. not talking about it like and then she goes off and he's like I, I felt really funny because there's a scene where like he comes in and she's at the table clearly crying frustrated with everything and he comes and sits yeah. down and she starts going off about his dad yeah. and it's almost like a well this thing about the book though is like he, he, like he keeps going back to the book and it's like, and it's like she doesn't care she clearly yeah. doesn't care Art, shut up yeah. just stop but like it's well, a, um, the thing is as well though it makes it a very endearing story yeah yeah. Because it's like it's not just a case of I'm watching the story of this man and his wife surviving through 
the experiences of German occupation and um, being on the run and having to hide and trying not to get shuffled off to Auschwitz, like every opportunity the Germans can take to do it. There were tons of near misses for him. Oh yeah, like the fight. fact, I think it's like it ends up being like 1944. He ends up going to Auschwitz, yeah. and it's like yeah. he was like a year away from the end of the war. I know from not having to go and he survived so many not just near misses of going to a concentration camp but like there was moments like where he was almost killed yeah like there's literally a moment a guy just a German like Gestapo just stopped him in the street and put a gun to his head mm-hmm. and is like and then looked at his paper so he was like oh yeah I know like the, his cousin or whatever was like yeah. in with him or something was like the the Jew that was running the area but was like basically working for the Germans mm-hmm. and so he lets him go and it's like Wow! If I didn't have that paper that said who I was, I was literally about to be dead. Yeah, it's like it's hard hitting story, and it's a really compelling story. Yeah, but the actual everyday life stuff makes it more humanizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel more art, connected to the characters as a whole. Did, you know. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Art did a an interview with Vulture about Mouse, and he, he was basically like, "This is not a Christian book." Like. Vladik, his dad, did not become a better person as a result of his suffering. He just got to suffer. He's a bit of a, he's actually a jackass. Like when he's he really doing his stuff, he threw like randomly like the one that really got me. Like I would have been so mad at. It's like that. Like, he goes to get his coat to leave, and I'm like, oh, I threw it out. I know. <laughs> what do you mean you threw my coat out? I came to visit, and you threw my coat away. Here, wear this one. This is better. Like. It's too big for me. I'm like, ah, it's fine. It's fine. I love like the next frame. It has him visiting his dad again, and it it has a box with an arrow saying "new jacket." Yeah, like new <laughs> jacket. New jacket. Like, yeah, because uh, like right before that as well, it ends like he's actually digging through the trash, like cans yeah. outside, trying to find his jacket. And I'm like, Dad, I actually threw my jacket out. I'm like, I would be so mad. Oh, dude, I'd be furious. I like he's such a jackass. But then again, as well, like his wife Mala, like. The two of them are always fighting, but she's mad for a reason. Because yeah. she's like, I want to, like, he's like, she's just here for my money. And I'm like, she's like, I'm trying not to live like a poor person. He has hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank. Yeah. And he steals, like, paper towels from places so he doesn't have to buy napkins and tissues. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like you know, it's, like, it's real life stuff. And I'm like, so he's, his dad isn't, like, this amazing person. No. But at the same, you know, it's like sometimes the bad guys get away. Like, there's people that he meets that are Jewish that are, like, working with the Jewish police for the Nazis who are horrible people who you want to see get a comeuppance and they don't. He's like, yeah. yeah, they survived and they lived life. And then the one who was, like, their brother who was really nice to us and helped us in the shoe, the shoe shining place. And, like, he he ends up dying. He ends up having a yeah. stroke or a seizure on the street. And by the time his wife got back with medicine, he was dead. Yeah. It's like... <clears throat> The good guys don't always come out on top. The bad guys don't always get their comeuppance. Yeah. But there is something about Vladik that is very endearing. I agree. I agree. He's like he's I a mean, real person. He, yeah, the fact that he's not painted in a like a he's this holier than thou type of persona. Like he's got like major flaws. Like, yeah. As we would consider major flaws, like prejudices and. And just you're dealing with anger and you're just not really a nice person. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it'd be really easy not to paint him like that and paint him in this perfect light. Yeah. Because he's a he's a Jew in World War Two occupied Poland. Well, and I should add... He's the hero. That... He's a good guy. It's like the Germans are the bad guys. He's one of the people that are being downtrodden that are like trying to survive. And Yeah. Like, it'd be so easy to paint him in a great light. And he's like, no, but that's a bit of an ass. Yeah. <laughs> 
And, and, and I should add, like, it, the book ends with basically uh, Art calling his dad a murderer and, like, cursing yeah. him out, basically. <laughs> but, yeah, like, so. he goes off at the end for, like, because yeah, his mom, Anya, has wrote, like, books during their time, like, in the latter years of the war and then through Auschwitz yeah. as well. And he's like, I really want to get those and read them because it's really... It's going to flesh out that side of the story because he mentions yeah. when they go to Auschwitz how they're split men and women into separate groups. Yeah. And he's like, awesome, I'd love to get those stories. And he's like, he starts to say, nah, we'll look for them, we'll find them. And he starts like, I remember I destroyed them. Mm, them. And Art goes off in one of them. And I'm like, to be fair, like, yeah, it was his wife that had like died. He was trying to get rid of everything. I'm like, he wasn't thinking my son's going to be writing a comic about this. So yeah, yeah. And I, I guess part of the part of the narrative that we're missing, as far as context goes, is after the war, um, Vladik's wife ended up committing suicide in their tub. Mm. Um, like, like I think she slit her wrist, if I'm not mistaken. And Vladik is the one who found her. So like yeah. he's dealing with some like super deep trauma. Which even then they kind of address in a very interesting way. Yeah, um, and that's <coughs> one of the, that's probably one of the main causes of controversy with this whole banning thing because it shows her kind of naked in the tub but keep in mind these are all all the depictions of of people in this book are all anthropomorphic animals yeah like the jews let's, represented as mice the yeah, nazis I, are represented as cats all that stuff just to make sure let's not hold the image up of like the heart in the tub oh, i didn't because, i didn't i'm just making sure i'm like let, let's just not do that because because <laughs> i don't know what twitch terms of service will do to that one so i'm like yeah, i don't want to get the I channel guess. banned over it um yeah, definitely but you know it's like, but yeah but it's real because like in this other comic it's like um what's it even called i can't even remember the full name something from hell planet oh uh, yeah, yeah prisoner oh. on the hell planet a case history yep. Um, yep. and it's like they're they're caricatures but they're like real life like they're human mm -hmm. looking and it's him talking about dealing with what he was going through which art seemed to be like from his character the main character and it seemed to be going through a bit of depression at the time yeah and this harsh relationship with his father which isn't that much better as he's writing this book um, and then we see like her in the tub and you do see like a shot down like this of her in the tub and it's like and she's clearly killed herself but like her breasts are like seen mm -hmm. and I'm like is that it? Is that is that the nudity? The... It's a, the, it's, uh, to be honest it's the size of a quarter and two it's in black and white and three she's like a mouse I mean like Really? Is this where is this where we're gonna ban the book? Is this why we're doing this? But it's like it's hard in the tub like that, and it's like um, and it's like, again, it's it's human because it's the you know the planet one and it's planet hell, so it's more human looking. And I like it's not like there's a freaking strip club scene or something. It's not like yeah. it's a sexual nature. Mm -hmm. It's his mom like dead in the bathtub, and I'm like, if you're getting your jollies off to that, then there's something seriously wrong with you. Yeah. Like if that's something you're taking from that, I was like, wow, you're messed up. Mm -hmm. It's like it's not that sort of. It's not what I would call nudity, it's what I'd call someone who's naked. Yeah. And I use that description as in there's a very big difference. Yeah. If you're talking about nudity, I would say that's more sexualized. Yeah, I would agree. That's like seeing something more sexual, like seeing a sexy scene in a film, something going on, someone taking their clothes off. Yeah. Like, that's nudity. Mm -hmm. This is someone who just happens to be naked. Yeah. You no, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? It's like it's, I feel like it's a very big thing, and the way they say it, like, oh, there's nudity in the book, makes it sound like it's a sexualized thing, and it is really not. No. Not even close. Mm -mm. And I'm like, I mean, the closest we get to anything sort of like that is that there's two people in b sleeping in bed next to each other. 
Like yeah. that's about as close as you get to anything sexualizing. This is not that sort of book. It's not got that sort of content, and it. it's not a necessity for this book just and to, story. Just to talk a little bit about the band as well before we kind of get deeper into the comic. Like I know uh, you know you and I are obviously dads, and like we are mm. very cautious about what type of material we let our kids watch or look 100%. at or yeah. talk about. I understand. I can I can empathize. I guess with the spirit of the band a little bit. I don't agree with the band. I don't think it's right. I can empathize a little bit, because you know, as dads, you know, I'm not gonna teach my five-year-old little little nitro. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna walk her through the birds and the bees at five years old, right? No. That being said, I'm not gonna hide stuff from her too. Like I'm gonna be straight up with her, as straight up with her as I think she's able to handle. Exactly, and now, I think that's the context to it as well. It's like, yeah, that's a very yeah. big thing of like. I was making a judgment on that, like, yeah, because like, would I let my kids read this? No, but then again, my kids are like five, three, and one and a half. Exactly. I of course I wouldn't let them read this. I'm like, so look, speaking as a dad, like, would my kids read this? My automatic instincts, no. Yeah. But like, my oldest is different because he's autistic, so his mind's going to function at different levels. But if we yeah. take my first neurotypical child, like uh, my daughter, mm-hmm. she's three right now. In ten years, when she's thirteen. Mm-hmm. which is the year that the age range for the 8th graders who would have been reading this about 13, yeah. 14 years old yeah. <clears throat> would I want her to read this book yeah at that age I would have no issue with it Yeah. as long as I was aware of what she was reading exactly. aware of the content which I am now, I've read the book, I know what's in there yep. and being open to having a conversation with her about it because there is some harsh stuff in here the, the nakedness yeah. I don't care about there's nothing in there that I would say that's something to be worried about. Like, there's a woman in a bathtub that has breasts. I'm like, especially for her, I'd be like, you're a girl, you've got breasts, you know what they look like, you know, yeah. at 13. Yeah. It's like, you're. It is what it is. You yeah. know, the violence, yeah, there's some very hard hitting moments when you realize, like, like the moment when Vladik's um, friends, he was he done a lot of black market running for different things um, under the table to try and keep money coming in and at one point a bunch of the people he's working with are captured by the Gestapo mm-hmm. and they are beaten and tortured and you see the image of the mice hanging by their necks mm-hmm. yep. they're hung and I'm like yeah that's a harrowing image because it's not just it, the image hits hard mm-hmm. and then there's the realisation that they're real people this yep. wasn't these caricatures and a story that this happened to which is hard hitting enough yeah but this was real Jews and they were left hanging in that street for a week yeah or like when they're talking about like how the kids started being killed mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't show it on panel it shows it off panel but it's it's done well enough that you don't lose the impact of it mm-hmm. of the Germans swinging children by their ankles and smashing them against walls so that they would stop screaming mm-hmm. this is real life this happened really happened yes is that going to have an impact on her i hope so i want it to and i want her to i want my daughter by the time she's at 13 or my sons as well by the time they're at that age to be critical thinkers yeah and to look at something like that and understand the context of it and why it's there this isn't like watching a horror movie that's a bloody slasher that's violent for violence sake or watching something like one of the Saw movies where you know later on it literally was just torture porn where we're going to throw this stuff in here for the sake of it for yeah. dramatic oh look at that it's so gruesome Ugh. Yeah. this isn't that 
if it was that I'd be like do you really need to be looking at that it's not worth it you know but at the time as she starts to kind of get to a certain age she'll make those choices herself as well yeah. and I'll try and guide but when it comes to stuff like this I'm like yeah 100% she should see this mm-hmm. because I want my daughter to be ready for what's out in the world and how horrible people can be yeah yep look for the best in people but be aware of the worst that can happen and I mean, you to have a discussion it, yeah. about it to have a discussion with it of like this actually happened yeah <clears throat> you you said it like I I want I want my kids to eventually read this but you you would know you know what's in there you've been through it or you've been through the book rather you know what's in there and you're able to kind of walk them through that thought process wise what they're reading yeah what this actually meant what type of impact this really had and you're able to kind of go alongside them and that that's I kind of that's where I kind of um don't agree with the like that's where I don't agree with the band like no I think, absolutely not I think kids at that age are I think they're they're old enough to be able to handle that with with some guidance from maybe some adults like for instance if this was me and I lived in that district and my eighth grade kid was getting ready to go through this book I'd be like okay thank you for letting me know I know that I I am going to be having some discussions with them as they're reading this yeah as that's they're reading like- this book Tell me about the book. Like, if they give me a thing of saying, "Hey, we're going to be covering the Holocaust in class," yep, and yeah. this is some of the books that we're going to read. Here's some of the content in the cinema. If you want to go and have a look and check it out and make sure this is okay stuff that you are prepared for to talk to your child about. Like, yeah. not even give the parents a choice in that sense. Like, this is what we're going to teach. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't have an issue with my kid reading that stuff in school as long as there's a conversation. I don't have the, an issue with them bringing stuff in school that talks about and um, like looking at like. You know, a lot of Christians would have issues with the fact that like, oh, we're teaching them about like even stuff like homosexuality and same-sex marriage and all that. Like, I don't have an issue, especially at thirteen, them reading stuff in that positive light, because this is the world we live in, and I want to be able to have discussions with them, yeah, and talk to them. I don't want it to be a you shouldn't be reading this. Yeah, at thirteen years old, have you met teenagers? I worked with teenagers. If you told to me, if you told me like that, that, oh, you're banned from reading this book, I'd be like, I'm reading that tomorrow. What's in it? it must be some good stuff in there. I'm going to go read that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's it. It's not a case of like you know. It's not like somebody's bringing a Playboy up to the school for their like you know big reading assessment or something like that. Yeah. It's like a. Yeah. It's not like someone's like going to this big gory like thing, looking at all this horrible violence and you know, like dropping f bombs left, right, and center. It's mm. like is someone's real life account of what happened in the holocaust and it's real life like there's language barely 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 there's a few we have literally done comics on this show where there's more and i still wouldn't even consider we have them cursed having more a on this show we have cursed more on this show than i think <laughs> there are curses in this book for real, i'm being serious oh yeah probably actually yeah we have like we try oh. to watch our language but yeah yeah it's, it's nothing worse than you'll hear on here probably no no but you know it's the it's that and I think that's the thing, because I was so by thinking people like that, you know, should parents be able to affect the curriculum? And I'm like, to a certain extent, yes and no. Because depending what it is, if you tell me, like, the book's going to have, like, violence and nudity and all this, and, you know, bad language and all this stuff, I want to know what my kid's reading. And if yeah. I don't think my kid should be reading that, I don't want them to be exposed to it. Correct. But at the same time, I think we also need to take a step back and look at the context of it. If it's something that's gratuitously over the top, like, why? Why are you looking at that in school? Yeah. 
Yeah. If it's something that's not like this, but it's talking about something that's a real life historical event. Imagine if someone said that, like, we're not going to talk about nine eleven. I can I can speak to that right now more because I was alive when that happened. I was a teenager. Yeah. yeah. I remember coming home from school because I was in Scotland, so it was like afternoon by the time we found out. I got home from school, turned my TV on, and seeing the images. Mm-hmm. That America was waking up to of what happened there. I still remember the being in shock watching it. Yeah. What the hell just happened? Yeah, I was in I was a freshman in college, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's I still remember that and I'd be like, Oh, we're not gonna talk about that. It's like, oh why oh well, there's violence in it. There's horribleness and you know, all this violence and stuff happened and I'm like it's like well, yeah, it was a real life tragic event. There's going to be stuff like that. There was cussing, and I'm like, planes flew into the twin towers. I think I more than one person probably cussed at that situation. Yeah, yeah. And I don't I blame. Cussed, I cussed at Endgame, yeah. Avengers Endgame. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, shouted that out for the whole thing. You were loud, man. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I get it. It's a real life situation. It's a real life context, and it's like. We're. They need to be exposed to stuff that isn't just, because see the ages when they become a teenager. That's kind of the whole point. As the children, we try to guide them as best we can. But when they hit those teenage years, kids are trying to figure out who they are. At the age yeah. this book's being taught, people are trying to figure out who they are, and it's a questioning of, what do you like? What do you not like? Who are you as a person? What do you stand yeah. for? What do you stand against? And I, dang well, want my kids to read a book like this and go, that's what I'm against. Yeah, I'm against Nazis. I'm against people trying to commit genocide on a group of people. I want my kids to be aware of the horribleness that can happen and go. If that starts to happen again, that's not right. Look, man. Like, so I was raised by a single mom, and so speaking of like sheltered kids, I was a very sheltered kid because yeah. you know she she wanted to protect me from everything that she could, and I totally get that. I love her, and I appreciate everything she did. But what that did in turn is made me want to seek it out on my own. Oh yeah, and that's 100%. not what you want. You, that's not what you want for for your kid. That's not what you want for kids. You want to kind of be able to walk alongside them through the through the the crap, through the awful stuff, and kind of teach them along the way. And that's I, that's what we're kind of saying. Like being able to understand what's in the book, being able to walk your kid through. Yeah, this is awful. This is some awful, just awfully bleak stuff. But this is why this can never happen again. Yeah absolutely and that's that's the thing that's what it's meant to be you know it's you should be able to look at this stuff and have conversations and I say that with most stuff with our kids yeah. like I want our, my kids to be exposed to stuff because I would rather they got exposed to it at that age of for stuff that's the real world yep and be able to have a conversation with them about it yeah then not tell them anything about real life stuff and then them all of a sudden when they get 18 and well you know, like are thrown out into the real world, like you know. What is this? Because heaven forbid you don't talk to your kid about something. Yeah. And then they hit eighteen, they leave high school. If you're like most kids, especially here in the states, you go to a college that's states away. Yeah. You can go to a college that's we're on the the east coast. You can go to a college that's on the west coast. Yeah. And be a completely different side of the country from your parents. Yeah. And then you get exposed to stuff where like parents no longer have any sort of input. And the input becomes other people round about them, and I'm like, I want my kids to be prepared for stuff. I don't want them to be thrown into stuff like, what's this? What's that? What's this? And yeah. end up going into stuff that, with the wrong mentality, wrong attitude, and get dragged yeah. into the wrong stuff. Like that's that's 
that's insanity as far as yeah. like I'm concerned I'm like it's why would you do that to your kid you know Chunk said I was in high school and in a study hall and the teacher walked in and turned on the TV and said this is history in the making and the images on TV were horrifying yeah yeah, yeah I mean that's it like for I'm saying that's for 9-11 and it's like yeah when horrible things like that happen like can you imagine because think about it now we're 20 you know 20 plus years on from 9-11 yeah you know we were in our teens when that happened you know it's crazy to think that we're in a world where there's people who are now like you become basically a full-fledged adult in here when you're like 18 to 21 yeah there are people who are now adults who were not alive during that it's crazy and how easy it could be to start to change the narrative yeah yeah so what about something like this where we are a couple of decades away from the hundred year anniversary yeah the war started in you know 1939 World War II started in 1939 and it's like we're less than two decades from the hundred year anniversary of World War II yep like that's this isn't that long ago but yet the narrative's already starting to be changed by some people mm-hmm. and it's like them taking out this I understand the reasons that it was taken out the curriculum but I 100% believe this is more beneficial than it is harmful yeah I agree for our kids to be taking something that's in and not to mention as well like from a completely um, subjective point of view as comic book fans if you ever want impact that comic books are more than just picture books for kids yep how impactful a medium it is I am more impacted reading this than I probably would be reading about Vladek Spiegelman's life in a novel yep in a book like something about this hits perfectly mm-hmm. it's like yeah it's, I, I 100% don't agree with the schools taking it out because I think there's more harm to it I understand what they did and it's not like yeah. and don't get me wrong we're not at the point of like you know like cancelling books and having book burnings or anything like that yeah, yeah. yet we're not at that stage it's not excuse me it's not that bad but I don't know how many kids will pick this up without it being part of their course yeah and I think them not reading a story like this, I think it loses an impact. This hit me in a massive way. Mm-hmm. Getting connected to Vladik and Anya and their story. It's like, yeah, I think you missed something with that. I agree. But I wanted to delve in a little bit into the story and go into a little yep. bit more of the finer points of it as well. And. Um, because we've talked a little bit about the overall air around it, what the book kind of covers, and talked a bit about the controversy. But I want to actually talk about the actual story now and talk about Vladek's life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as I said to you, the first the first chapter, the six chapters in this volume, mm-hmm. the first chapter's got nothing to do with the war, pretty much. The first chapter is literally um, Vladek talking about how he met Arch's mother. Um, and the story is like literally like he was actually you know you know he was a young man about town and all these lady friends and different stuff and was actually kind of involved with this other woman and you know in a relationship with her and she was a bit of obsessed 
just a little bit just a little bit like she was mental yeah she was like bunny boiler level of stuff you know what i mean it's like she was like completely to the point where she would fall on the ground and wrap her arms around his leg from to keep him from leaving yeah like she was obsessed and then he just like met her one day met anya and the two of them really hit it off and it's this it's this great little like slice of life story of the two of them getting together and getting engaged yeah um and then they had their first son which even that was heartbreaking in the book when they talk about their son dude and you, like they didn't even get to see him until he was like two they reach and but like yeah when they're like yeah we came out of the war he didn't yeah and i'm like he was a kid because i thought oh like arch got an older brother and i'm like no he's dead i'm like oh wow that just took a downward spiral there wow yeah. awesome <clears throat> um but like even after she has a child that she has um anya has postpartum depression and um, it's back in like the 1930s so to deal with that stuff you have to go to specialized places so at this point as well like he's connected with her father who's helped him he used to do like textile work and he's running like a textile factory so and the father takes over, gets people to run his factory because he has to take her to is it Czechoslovakia, something like that, where there's like a place to go for like help with postpartum depression. Yeah. It's this big care home almost, but it's like the big fancy ones you would see in a movie for a care home. Where Art like, actually lived with her there. Yeah. Yeah, Art moved with her, and the two of them lived there, and <clears throat> he ended up helping her through it, and that place helped her, and they came back, and it's on that train ride back that I can't even remember where is it they're going through. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up right now. Yeah, whatever it is, they go through one of the cities on the way there. Hey, Karsten, how's it going, sir? Good to see you. You're in just in time. We're getting into the main part of the stories is, um, of Mouse. But thank yeah, you for was, coming in. Czech, this was the panel. It was in Czechoslovakia when they're looking out the train and they first saw the bus again. Yeah, and they see this for a second, and they're basically like, "Oh, that's that, you know, the Nazi thing." And like, and that's the thing, because remember when the Nazis first came around, they were just a political party, mm-hmm. and it started kind of spread, and then people were like, "Oh, yes, yeah, like it's, I hope it doesn't last long. That's not going to be a major thing." Ha 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 ha. Yeah, <clears throat> and it's it's played off very lightheartedly, but like when you hit that bit in chapter one, as I said, like that's the moment where it's like, "Oh, this is about to get really bad." Yeah, this is real you know and and that's it and that's that's basically you know, chapter one they get back home they go back to living their life and mm-hmm. there's nothing much more to it it literally is like a little slice of life comic and mm-hmm. um, but then chapter two hits and things start to change do you want to start taking us through that um yeah yeah you're better at that than i am <laughs> but i can jump in whenever you need me yeah sure so uh so chapter two is called the honeymoon Hold on, I need to try and fucking remember what happens in what chapter now. I think we kind of crossed into chapter two, talking about the uh, the Czechoslovakia and the, and the honeymoon type stuff. Yeah, um, they, they stayed on the thing. A war did break out, obviously, with Germany uh, in chapter two. Oh yes, yeah, it started chapter two. Sorry, I thought it was the end of chapter one that we no, hit the good. flag. All right, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So running chapter two, so the honeymoon is that, and okay, so we're kind of that's basically the first two chapters. So yeah, the first yeah. two chapters are literally slice of life. Yeah. I mean, that means the whole first chapter there, sorry, I got confused, but the whole first chapter is literally no mention mm-hmm. of the war. Yeah. But it's amazing when you come through those first two chapters how all of a sudden the next four chapters very quickly escalate. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. A, a sense of impending doom, like, in the first couple chapters, I feel. 
I think that's it. As the reader, because we know what's coming, like you can sense, (coughs) you can sense it. Um, and I think the thing I said to you, and I want to put this out there as well, like with the next chapters, like I, I don't think I realize, like hearing stories of what happened to the Jews during World Mm -hmm. War Two, I didn't realize how slow a burn it was. Yeah. I didn't realize just what little changes were made at Easter because you hear about them getting like rounded up and taken to concentration camps and getting gassed and you hear about all this stuff and you just think oh it was just like right away, yeah, but it wasn't. It was like little changes and little steps that you could almost like, oh knocking my headphones off, like you could almost accept them. Yeah. You can almost think, oh well, they're only like, oh, we're going to move all the Jews to this area. Oh well, they're only moving us here. We're still allowed to live and still allowed to work. And oh, your businesses, you're not allowed to own them anymore. But it's okay. A German's coming in to own the business, and you can keep working here. Yeah. And you can do stuff like this. So we start to kind of get exposed to this stuff. Hold on, I'm trying to get past the. <clears throat> so, um, so before that stuff even happens, sorry, like yeah, it's like Germany basically declares war at the end of the second chapter so chapter three literally um picks up that he's now enlisted in the polish army yep and so like vladik's now in the in the military he got like a few days training like okay here's a gun go (laughs) and all that he's that that art even says it like wait a minute you only got a few days training he's like oh yeah like i I was in the military before and i'm like i don't think that's why you got a few days training i think that's literally all they were giving you it tells a not not really funny story, but uh, tells a story about his dad, Vladik's dad, because his dad had two sons, and he talks about mm. how because they would enlist you in yeah, the Polish yeah. army, and you could go, you could be gone for twenty five years, like yeah, like his no dad question. was in the military for like a long time. <laughs> so, but he basically, so they would let you know when you were going to be, you would have to go in for the basically your exam to get enlisted. And he would basically starve his sons. Like, he would starve his sons. He would sleep deprive them. So when they got to the exam, they would just look awful. And they wouldn't accept them. And then they would have to go back and do it again in, like, a yeah. year. And he would do that, like, every time they tried to enlist yeah. his sons. To the point of, like, where Vladik literally argued with him, like, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Like, he did it once, like, I'm not doing it again. I'm not yeah. doing it again. Just yeah. let me enlist in the army. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> so where he would rather go risk his life than <laughs> be tortured like that. I like this, but that's it though, and, like, and that makes you think. Like, I want to know kind of his dad's story and what the heck happened to his dad because that's intense. Yeah, to want to keep your sons out of the military so badly that that's what you're going to do to them. Yeah, you know, which is interesting. I think it's a really interesting take on military, especially for being like here in the states, because that's something that was a really big thing for me moving to the states was like how massive a deal the military is here. Yeah. Like in the in the UK we've got we've we've got an army. We've got yeah. a military. We've got my cousins were in the military and stuff like that. We've got people who are enrolled. But um <clears throat> But like over here, like it's this whole other level oh, yeah. of like getting enlisted in the military here. It's this like weird, like Yeah. Greatest thing ever. And it's like it's it's on a higher level than I've seen in any other country. Mm-hmm. Um and that's just from from being raised that's the way it is here in the States, but like coming from the UK it's is totally different yeah so he did a story like this where it's like where you get an interesting take on the military of like his dad hated it so much and found it so torturous that he's like i do not want my sons involved mm-hmm. and it's almost a good thing that vladik did get himself enrolled because to then be thrown into world war Two, not that he got to do much military wise oh. he wasn't in it the military him, for long him, yeah it shows him killing for the first time ever shows him killing a german officer 
Which oh. I love the fact he was in the trenches, like uh, the digging trenches near the river, and it's like, yeah, we're going to put these new guys on the front line, and he actually manages to kill a German officer, and then it's like, yeah. but that's it. It's like he kills one guy, and it's like, but they end up finding, <laughs> because yeah, the guys like try, the guys like wearing like a tree, basically, is wearing branches <laughs> to try and get through, and Vladek still shoots him. Yeah, <coughs> and then like, almost wait, immediately, the tree's moving. Then almost immediately, the Germans find him. Yeah, and capture him. And capture him. They put him in like a POW camp. Yeah. And this is where I thought it was going to start going south, like sideways. Like, okay, this is where he gets to the concentration camp. Yeah, I but thought that's what that. I thought, like, oh wow, he's going to like he's going to prison very quickly here. Like, I uh, didn't get much of the the in between. And it's like, I love as well. Like, I can I just say, like, I love the fact of like he's told to like he's one of the young guys, so he's enlisted by the Germans to help like pick up their dead soldiers mm-hmm. and move them. And he's like, oh, I think I seen one over here. It takes yeah. him over to the body he shot, and I'm like, how did they not pick up the fact that like he very specifically knew where that body was? Yeah, yeah. Like, and not think he's the one that shot them. Like, seriously. So um, there's a lot of details in this thing that I'm, pr- I'm probably gonna miss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we're, we're probably not gonna get every detail in this book. One hundred. But he basically, so he basically gets put in a POW camp, which is not, it's not a concentration camp. Um, but the conditions are awful. And then there's kind of this sign that says, hey, workers are needed. If you uh, volunteer for work, uh, we will put you in better barracks and you'll have more food. Yeah. So he kind of convinces himself and others others of his friends there to sign up for that. Um, and he, it says that he's going to be released to his hometown, and he puts where his hometown is. And he they put him on a train, and they just pass right by his hometown. Yeah, just go right past it. I can I say as well, uh, when he's in the prison or war camp, by the way, I wanted to mention this a little bit. Like, cause they talk about how they don't have enough food. They're getting like one meal a day, and how freezing that is. Cause they're all in tents and it's nearly winter. Yeah. And like, and Vladik takes up like bathing in the river, daily, and they all think <laughs> yeah. he's nuts. Hey, space hobo, good to see you, sir. Welcome on in. But like, yeah, Vladik's like take bathing in the river, and he goes like, yeah, cause by comparison, I'll be warm all day. Yeah. I'm like that's either brilliant or insane, and I'm not <laughs> sure which. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. It's like it's. I'm not quite sure which, but like it's a bit of both. Yeah. But um, yeah. So they end up going like right past his hometown, which they get taken to work in the. When they get taken to work, it's like they actually get rooms and beds and a stove, and they're basically mining. Which I lo- I, I still don't quite know what they were doing. Yeah. They were like taking the dirt from this hill. It's like they were on a hill mining, and there's like this big gap up to the next hill. Basically and they were basically it flattening it, so they were taking the dirt from here into that yeah. hole. Yeah, I'm not sure why, but that was their job, and like, I don't know if there was actually a reason for that or just it's the appropriate thing to do, or just the Germans decided we need to get them to do something. Yeah, fill a hole. We want that. Make it flat. Like why? Because. Uh, but yeah, as you said, he's getting on the train. They're trying to take him home, and it's like uh, is it Sosnowick? I don't yeah. know if I'm even saying that right, but that's how I've been pronouncing it in my head, so I'm going to go with it. Um, and it goes right past there. Mm-hmm. And where does it ends up? Is it Lublin he ends up? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to say, I knew it wasn't Warsaw, because I know he went past there. So yeah, Lublin. Um, so he's basically <laughs> taking to another prison at a war camp. <laughs> and it was like, and they took us to bigger tents, and, you know, and the Jewish authorities came to see them and stuff like that, and um, I forgot how he negotiated to get out of the of the POW camp, but he 
one of his, I guess one of his friends or relatives knew some of the guards at the POW camp and he arranged Yeah, so like the, 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 uh, the Jewish officers who like are working alongside the Germans um, had basically managed to wriggle a deal that they could go and stay with relatives in the nearby area hmm. and he knew a family friend that lived in the area so they basically yeah. said they were going to forge some paperwork to make it look like he was the cousin that's right <clears throat> so he could go and live sorry I heard something make a noise in my room I think there's a cat in here somewhere <laughs> which I like I kind of yeah. which I love the fact by the way like for him like travelling because he goes to stay with the cousin um, and basically is like okay I need to get home I need yeah. to find my way back home which I love that frequently in this <clears throat> I don't know if you can see it from some of these panels but like he's literally wearing a pig mask because the Polish people are um, the Poles are like pigs. depicted as pigs so the ministers are pig mask and I'm like and all I can think in my head is what did you actually do to pass as a Pole yeah as Polish then like what did you do because obviously you couldn't wear a mask yeah unless you were wearing something on your face to like cover up Jewish features <laughs> like that's I'm like what did you actually do I kind of need to yeah. know but I love that he did it to like um, that the poles like hated the Germans as well, so he kind of like bad talks the Germans to the conductor, so he'll let them on yeah. the train and hide them if someone comes by, and he's able to get back home and see his family and stuff. And like and he meets his son for like the first time in two years. Yeah, and I think uh, two and a half up. years old he is. Like yeah, yeah, it's like he's two and a half, and it's like that's insane. Yeah. And um, but then we get into chapter four called the Noose Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically it's their life now in Sonswick uh, where he's staying which I know I'm probably horribly pronouncing that place it's okay I haven't <clears> pronounced it either but like all the family are staying together like there's how many of them was there it was like uh, 12 of us living in my father-in-law's household so like, there was yeah. all these people living together was, in the house all this family I'm not gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna say all these names but yeah it was the, it was basically him and his wife and all and her family and his son yeah, and he's like, he's, he starts then asking, like, hey, how's the textile factory being while I've gone? And like, you not heard? They took it. You, do, you don't have a textile factory anymore. <laughs> the Germans own it now. Yeah. They came in and took everything. So this becomes, like, the start of his, like, black market business, mm-hmm. which he literally does throughout the war. He is a grifter, by the way. He is, like, a. He's scrappy, a, dude. He's an under the table dealer, man. He makes yeah. it everywhere he goes. It's like, Vladik gets straight stuck in. <laughs> he basically yeah, there's, there's, there's there's one <coughs> where uh, there's a, there's a Jewish friend of the family that makes uniforms for the Nazis, and I think he wants to he wants um, Vodic is trying to get a job. He said if you can get me material, I'll pay you. Yeah, because he says somebody, I make because he says I make suits on the side, but I can only yeah. do it when I've got the material. So yeah. Vladik says, "Aha, chance for a job here. I can go get material." <laughs> but he basically has to go get material, but he doesn't have coupons. Yeah. You need coupons to buy and sell. Mm-hmm. So he basically goes in um, and says to her, like, he's like, look, I can't, uh, what is it? He says, I went to the shops that still owed me money from before the war. Yeah. And he's like, I can't pay you. Like, I don't I don't own the business anymore. It's a German-owned. I can't just give you it. And he's like, well, give me an advance and a few yards of material without coupons. And he's like, okay, yeah. okay, calm down. I just under your clothes. And literally, that's how it starts. He basically just keeps going back and doing this, yeah. like, under the table. He's scrappy. He will find a way to make money. Yeah, I've got to give it to him. Like he does this a lot, um, but yeah, he goes to do that, and then like obviously the Germans start to kind of inspect a bit more thoroughly on stuff and start to look yeah. into a bit more stuff. 
I feel like the next the next couple of chapters are just basically the, no no pun intended, but the news tightening around the Jewish people, and it just shows how yeah. how their movements are getting more and more and more restricted, and yeah. more and more and more violence is happening. Like the 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 panel where the the those Jewish people are hanging, and it, it was it's talking about that a little bit. Yeah, because the start of chapter three is almost like a. It's almost like a Roman occupation in a sense of like where it's like the Romans would invade places and like just follow our laws, but yeah, you can keep all your stuff and do what else, yeah. else you do. Like we're going to own your businesses and take part of the money. You can yeah. still work here and do your own thing and live life, and you you won't get as much food, but you still get food. So it's like it's mm-hmm. it's almost like not that bad a deal. Yeah. Like at that point, you're almost like we're not going to kill you. Yeah. Like this could have been worse. Like if this is all it is, and I'm like, it's not amazing. You know, we're having a grift to get money and get by, but it's like we can we can make this work. You know, it's yeah. like it's, it, it, we're still able to live, and it's like I mean, I'm sure it felt horrible at the time, but like compared to what's about to come, it's like this is this is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they start to come in, and there's this weird thing I don't quite understand the next part of it, but it's like this weird thing like the Germans would come and just start taking furniture from homes. Mm-hmm. So like they have to like almost swindle it and hide their furniture. Yeah, that was. And awkward. try to convince them to keep a bed because like he's uh, is it Anya's grandmother is like sick or her mother or her mother, and <clears throat> is sick with gallstones and like so they're like can she keep a bed? Just to, she's not able to stand or rest anywhere. And then like they do a whole thing of like trying to sell the furniture because then there's a German guy that can just buy it and then, like they go to sell it and it's like. Oh yeah, you you lied to us that this stuff was here, so we're not paying you. Yeah, just be grateful we're not doing worse. Literally nothing they can do, and just yep. take it and just take the stuff. <clears throat> and then, even walking around, you start to see more. It's like he says one time he's walk going to see Ilzeki, one of his friends, and he's like, and something terrible was going on. Like literally, the streets are full of Jews being beaten. Yeah, by German soldiers. And like he sees his friend, and they like they smuggle him into his house, and like just stay here until this dies down. And that's when they talk to Ozeki about um, their children. He's like he's going to try and get his son out of town, and he's like, and he says we could take Grigchev as well. Mm-hmm. We could take your son, and we could send him as well, so he's safe. Yeah. And I love the kind of sorrow in Vladik's voice during this because he's like, we didn't do it. Like Anya's like, I'm I'm never giving up my child. I couldn't imagine doing that. And he's like, I wish we had. Yeah. Because although Ozeki and his wife didn't make it out of the war, their son lived. Getting him out when they did was the best thing and he lived, whereas our son didn't. Yeah. Even though we survived. And it's like, oh, that's hard hitting. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. But then as the news starts to tighten, pun totally intended for this part, because all the people he'd done the black market trading with are strung up in the city square yeah they're hung and it says they're left there for a week yeah and Vladik wouldn't go out he says I can't walk past them and like, and I'm terrified to go out because if one of them was tortured they might have squealed and told them about me yeah so he's basically like waiting any moment that the Germans are going to come and get him and are going to come and take him one of the most interesting things that happens multiple times in this book is it shows like it basically for lack of better words a diagram on how they hid people from <clears throat> oh from, yeah from the german officers like i don't know if you're gonna be able to see this on stream but this is one of the examples where it shows a barn basically and how they yeah. hid 
um, I think it was Anya's grandparents, I believe. Yeah, uh, it was her grandparents. Behind a false wall because they were 90 years old. And basically the, the known fact, the known but unsaid fact was that anybody over 70 was just going to be taken to a concentration yeah. camp. At that point, it was like anyone, yeah. any Jews that were over 70 and they said, they basically made it look like it was going to be this big getaway, like this big massive care home and it was going to be lovely. Yeah. And that was a lie, obviously. Yeah. And what they did was take anyone that was 70 and older and take them to Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. At this time, there was rumblings of Auschwitz being a thing, but they didn't really know yeah. that it was a thing yet. Not at this stage, and um, so they created like hiding places. Which Vladik was like freaking like see for a scrappy dealer he was by the way. Like see some of the stuff he builds later, like some of these hiding places. Yeah, dude. Like it's ingenious. Like I know. Like I don't know how he did it, but it's like, but yeah, basically they they hide them and but they keep getting invaded by the Jewish police who are working with the Nazis, <clears throat> and basically like these two are still listed here. And they're like, at first, they're like, oh, they left, they didn't tell us where, and like, time and time again, they come, and it's like, look, either you tell us where the grandparents are, or we're taking our mother and father. Yeah. We're, take, we're taking these people in place of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's like, so they're talking to, like, and so they eventually have to give them over. Yeah. Um, and it says, you know, but they went right away to Auschwitz into the gas so that was the last time they seen them yeah, uh, towards the end of the chapter kind of like a big roundup happens yes yeah, the stadium yeah yeah a bunch of Jewish people in the town and they're taken to uh, that stadium I forgot the name of the stadium yeah I can't remember the stadium but basically they're taken to a big stadium and yeah they're whittled basically out. they're divided in half yeah there's and... people they're whittled out of like what sort of work do you do what sort of papers do you have yeah. Half of them are sent to the right and half of them are sent to the left. <clears throat> and like Vladik along with his family, and because of the work he's doing, mm-hmm. um, he's working in the carpentry shop at the time, I think, so he goes to like a table his cousin's working at. Mm-hmm. And him and his wife and son get taken to the right, which is the side you want to be on. Yeah. Um and his father is taken to the right along with them, but his sister, who how many kids is it she's got? Four. Four, and they're like, That's too many. Mm-hmm. And her and her kids are sent to the left and his father ends up like jumping a barbed wire fence if the comic is accurate mm-hmm. to go and help her because he's like she can't take care of four kids alone <clears throat> and, and all those, it, and all those it people said, were never seen so. yeah all it says is those on the bad side never came home anymore and it's like that was it anyone who went to the left they just yeah. they weren't seen again and it's just terrifying to think of it's like just like that, like they're separated. Yeah. And all these people that are separated onto the left are just all of a sudden not there anymore. One oh. of the things, um, let me see if I can find it. One of the things I try not to jump into the second, second um, book. Let me see if I can find it. Actually, I'm not gonna be able to find it right now. We can keep talking. Sorry, dude. I'll, I'll find it in a second. No, no worries. You're good, man. I was filling forward anyway because a good bit at the start is like the old, the current life stuff going on with, um, with Artie and his father and stuff. But then we get back into it and it's like, uh, so yeah, basically going to work and stuff like that. And still the guards, the things are getting tighter and tighter for them. Um, what was the next part? Oh yeah, like Uncle Persis. So is this where the kids get taken? Oh, this I, th- I think I found it. 
so we uh with with the the book that we got it's like a combo like hard case type thing we got this little pamphlet um it kind of talks about the book a little bit and it has um the spiegelman family tree before and after the war mm. and just so reading the first volume and then seeing a visual of how many people were taken it's yeah. just crazy like so this is the start of the war you can see a full family tree and art is down here and then you look at here and you see all these empty spaces where all these people were killed it's just it's crazy man it's, it's insane crazy. like it's it's a great visualization of just how how devastating the yeah. occupation was because yeah. that's it at this point in poland it's not even a war it's like it's mm -hmm. it's an occupation they've been conquered yeah. is the only way I can use to describe it is like they have been literally under complete Nazi rule mm -hmm. I mean cause you always hear about them invading Poland and like that's one of the worst hard hitting places yeah but like you only like really reading this is like really hits home of like exactly what's going on in Poland at the time yeah um, so yes yeah, his uncle Persis then comes well the stuff's getting tighter and basically has a way of getting the kids out he talks about like his um, father is still with them and he's been hiding them I and he's like 90 years old and is still surviving yeah. which at this point they're like there aren't any 90 year old Jews left mm -hmm. in Poland <laughs> like I don't know how he's pulling that off so he's like yeah we'll take the kids and they agree this time to send uh, their son because things are getting so much tighter um, <clears throat> and they're glad that they do because that's when we start hearing like you know things in the ghetto are getting worse for the kids because eventually the Nazis come and take them. Yeah. And he says, there's kids, some only two or three years old. And he says, you know, some kids are screaming and screaming and they couldn't stop. So the Germans swing them by the legs against the wall and they never anymore screamed. Hmm. And it's like, it's, it's mostly off screen, but there's just like a splat on the wall and it's like, yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but like as a father, like seeing that and thinking of just the prospect of someone doing that to a child mm -hmm. is like there are very few things in this world I can think of more evil than just straightforward doing that. Yeah, I agree. and I'm like that's, and then you know we find out what actually happened to his son, um, so they sent Reykjavik away again. I'm probably butchering his name. Um, and they find out that basically everyone that was keeping them safe are dead. The Gestapo have killed the Jewish council in that area and they're starting to take them to Auschwitz so everyone's running. Um, and his yeah. wife who's with the kids basically says like no I'm not going to Auschwitz and I'm not going to a gas chamber and my children won't go to the gas chamber. So all the kids that they took with them, their own kids and other people's including Vladik's son. Yeah she basically carried a vial of poison around her neck and she took it and gave it to the kids so her and the three kids dead yeah poisoned and i'm like that's that's almost worse than thinking like kids dying in the midst of this horribleness that the germans were committing that the nazis were committing i understand almost like that i'm like that's almost more horrific because you're like what if there'd been a chance you know, people came out of Auschwitz. What if there'd been a chance? And I'm like, oh. yeah. But yeah, so the Germans started hunting through homes, and this is where we get one of Vladik's amazing 
creations. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can show you yeah. the, the bunker. The cold bunker. And it's bunker. funny because the, the, the page that he... So on this page, Art is talking to his dad and they're kind of walking to the bank. And he's telling him about this bunker and Art's like, well, I don't understand. And Vladik's like, here, give me a piece of paper and I'll draw it for you. <laughs> yeah, and he literally draws this entrance to this bunker and I'm like, this is a freaking insane bunker. Like, there's food down there for days. There's all this yeah. space for people to fit in. <clears throat> they hide out there and they sneak out at night to go and try and find food. And then they have to move to a different house and they end up doing the same in an attic. Yeah. Like, the entrance right through a chandelier in the floor because why not yeah um, and it says like by the end of July like the Nazis had completely liquidated their ghetto like 10,000 Jews were taken away in one week yeah so it's like they are literally some of the last Jews and basically as some Jewish guy they don't know comes into the house um, apparently just looking around for food scrapping same as them and they open the chandelier and he finds them in their space. He's like, look, I'm just trying to find food for my starving family, you know? Mm-hmm. And they take pity on him and they're like, we can't let him go, we have to kill him. And eventually, though, they take pity on him, give him some food to go, and then he brings the Gestapo in and takes them. Yeah, points them right to where they're hiding. Points them right to it and takes them there. Um, and basically they're taken to a holding place where I think it's like every Wednesday he says like they're shipping people off to Auschwitz like vans of people but the thing that saved them is that they were put in there on Thursday so yeah. right after the day that they were shipped so like Vladik of course being the the grafter that he is the entrepreneur finds like has a couple of bits and pieces on him still of value and starts like trying to work with people I think it's like his cousin or something he sees mm-hmm. and keeps saying like which that's the thing that always gets me during this like everything they go like every time they stay with someone or every time they get a favour they always talk about paying for it there's no there's no like good heartedness it's always like we're paying for it and people usually get sold out when they run out of money and Vladik even says that to like his son Art it's like you know like wouldn't they have helped you you know even if they couldn't pay I mean you were from the same family it's like yeah you don't understand at that time it wasn't any more families it was everybody take care for himself basically like no at this point everyone was for themselves yeah you had to make it worth the time even for families and they did like he's they brought in the other cousin who got them in and um, carrying out uh, i think it was like empty barrels or like stuff for the kitchen yeah um, and they took them out and even paid extra to like get her parents out because they told them at first like they're not going to get out you're not going to be able to take her parents they're too old they're not going to get past the gate they'll get noticed he says, no, look, we need to get them out. And he even pays extra to get them out. And he takes the payment and then basically just doesn't. So Anya's parents are left there and are taken to Auschwitz and they'll never see them again. They're gassed and it's like... So he basically, they basically go with his cousin and he, of course, starts getting back to working at everything. So like I think it's the shoe place he gets taken to. Where it's like he meets a guy Milok, who yep. like his like his brothers are like running the town essentially, yeah, and are like both corrupted. He calls them crooks. Um, but while he's also doing that, he picks up other odd jobs. Like he's basically a grave digger as well. And one of the graves he ends up digging is for the guy that sold them. Yeah, <laughs> he ends up being killed, shot, and it's like 
he ends up burying him and it's like it's irony how it's turned around um, but one yeah the, you start to see the, oh on you go no I was going to say one of the one of the most touching panel or pages for me was on 122 at the bottom uh, this is kind of after he's starting the new job and after he's starting to bury people and his wife is just like having a mental breakdown and she's like why are you pulling me Vladik let me alone I don't want to live and he said no darling to die it's easy but you have to struggle for life until yeah. the last moment we must struggle together I was like that was powerful yeah. man and I don't, I don't blame her for breaking down because in that scene like at this moment like um, Milok has told them there's basically a, a another bunker mm-hmm. and it's underneath a pile of shoes which is magnificent that that's the entrance right? and the shoe place um, and he's basically like look I'm not telling that many people there's not enough room in here but you tell your wife and your nephew who's with them mm-hmm. um, to come into the bunker their nephew who's 15 at this point is basically like no I'm not going I'm sick of running yeah. I'm sick of hiding I'm going to whatever they take me I'm going to be fine and she basically just breaks down because she's lost yeah. everyone at this point mm-hmm. and they're the only one apart from her husband that's still with her and she's about to lose him too and again they actually end up losing him he ends up getting taken to Auschwitz. Fifteen. Fifteen. He's a kid. You know what I mean? It's like... Somehow, though, Vladik and Anya keep making it through. It's, but it's almost like, is it better to have died with them or is it better to live through it all and to lose everyone around you? It's like, I, I can't imagine that heartbreak of just everything that happens. People just keep getting stripped from you. Um, but they're basically hiding in the bunker for a long time and Milok's brother, whatever the hell his name is I can't even remember what's his name no idea, but one of the ones that's corrupt basically is like, look, yeah. I've got a way out of here we don't have a way to get out, you can stay here and you can starve to death because there's no food left mm-hmm. not had food for a while <clears throat> it's like, but I've got a way out of here we're going to basically uh, our group will mix in with the poles when they walk past Srodula on the way to work tomorrow. If you want to chip in, you can come with us. So basically, it's going to be expensive, but if you want to chip in, you can slip out. Yeah. Vladik's like, no. And Milok decides no, because this has been set up by a German he's made a deal with, and it's like, no, we're not going to trust the Germans. And Vladik's even getting a bit of a reputation, like one of the other families says to him, the guy comes up and like, if when you're ready to leave, I'm leaving with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I trust your judgment. And Vladik slips out behind the ones that are leaving to kind of watch what happens, and as soon as they step out, they're gunned down. Yeah. Every one of them. And it doesn't show it, but it, you know, it has the sound effects around the corner, yeah. so you know you know what happened. Yeah, and Vladik's even like, I didn't stick around, I ran. As soon as I heard that, I ran off. But they basically waited until there was no more sign of guards, they'd made a hole in the wall they couldn't see anymore for a long time. I think it was like two nights or something. There was like no movement at all, and they go out in their pig masks, dresses, poles, and they're like the gate was empty. Like they have literally cleaned it out and thought it was completely empty, and they all start to head off in their separate ways, and they start heading back to uh, to Sosnowick to get back to their home. Yep. No idea what's awaiting them, but like we might as well start heading back that way. Um, and it's sad though, like the couple that had waited to go with them and they said the guy's name was Avram he's like yeah they found uh, and they had friends that would keep them until Avram's money finished then they were reported Yeah, just kind of showing that people like it was so bad that people just weren't willing to stick their necks out for each other 
Yeah. It's like it wasn't going to cost them. If it was going to cost too much, it's like, no, we're not going to do it. Um, which is kind of like the whole theme of the last chapter, essentially. Is like literally them just trying to survive, going, going from, from place, place to, to place. place. Hiding place to hiding place, back and forth and back and forth. Because like, they go and see, like I think it was like a... Was it like uh, the governess that worked with Anya's family, who mm -hmm. slams the door in their face? They go to see another friend who's like, "You can stay in our barn." And mm -hmm. um, I think he was like a housekeeper or something. But one of the and other they... poles is like that. It's like there's a Jew in our courtyard. Call the police. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you can't stay here for long. Yeah, they're, they're going to rat you out. Like you're going to get spotted and recognised. You can't stay here. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, and you see them starting to get paranoid, like him walking down the street and thinking he's getting followed, and it turns out the guy following him is another Jew, and checking in on him. But you see, like the paranoia setting in, and mm -hmm. um, the other Jew shows him another black market in the area, which of course, of course, Vladik, right back to work, <laughs> right back to work, the hoodwinker and swindler that he is, <laughs> like under the table dealing at his best. Like he literally, he literally goes there and like finds a place like you want this stuff, and he comes back to and you're like, where have you been? You've been gone for so long. It's like oh, I was just getting breakfast, sausages and eggs and bread. And I'm like where the hell have you been? That you got all this? Yeah, I I feel like the last chapter kind of just bounces around with um, Vladik and Anya just going from hiding place to hiding place. Well, they've get captured. Yeah, well, like, from there they get led to, like, a barn that's outside of town and they're allowed to live there. They just have to make a deal of, basically, like, if you if they catch you, I don't know you. Yeah. If they catch you, then you don't turn on me and turn me in. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, we wouldn't do that. Uh, but Vladik, by the way, like, he's, like, he has got confidence like nobody else. Like, they talk about he takes yeah. a tramp to work and he's wearing his pole mask, he's got his pig mask on and he, like, he doesn't even go on the Polish train. He's, like, they would be able to smell a Jew a mile away. He goes in the but Nazi he goes party. in the freaking Nazi like there's a compartment specifically for Nazi and German officers and officials. He's hiling Hitler and everything. He goes in there like Heil Hitler and all this sort of stuff to people and it's like he's just going in with the confidence in the world and nobody bats an eye at him. I'm like, dude, that's insane. And he ends up making friends with like a, a lady that works at the black market who offers him to stay at their home. And basically like her husband works in Germany along with the Nazis. But he only comes back for like a 10 day stints every three months. She's like, I'll hide you if that happens. Um, but she ends up getting her stuff taken, coming back from market at one point, and she like freaks out and chases him out of the house thinking they're coming. Yeah. So they end up going back to the barn and staying at the barn there. And the woman's a little bit nippy there, she's a little bit aggressive, but she still takes yeah. good care of them. Um, and eventually he bumps back into the previous woman they stayed with and they end up going back to stay with her again because she's like nothing happened I overreacted I would love you to come back yeah um, where we'd end up having to stay in the basement for like 10 days because the husband's there and they, she can't like go down for days mm -hmm. because like he's two, getting suspicious and then I, he's like what are you hiding Jews yeah it's like are you hiding Jews haha <laughs> it's like yeah yeah <laughs> Actually, I am. I love this next page, though, page 149. Vladik walking out in the streets, starting to head back. He took the streetcar, starting to head back home. A bunch of kids start pointing at him and going, A Jew! A Jew! Help, yeah. Mommy, it's a Jew! And there's, there's, there's stories going around that Jews are going to, like, they're evil and are going to, like, bag them and steal them and all this. Yeah. I love how smart he is. 
mm-hmm. he's like if I'd ran they would have known I was Jewish and he just walks up to them and goes hey Hitler yeah. he says see look there's nothing to be scared of little ones I'm not going to hurt you and they're like oh sorry mister you know how kids are and like hail Hitler back and it's like he just walks yeah. up with so much confidence yeah. and just completely owns the situation and just turns it around and I'm like I want to know how many situations Vladik like saved his own skin doing stuff like that yeah I mean there's a saying amongst guys uh, with somebody like that he's just got a brass set I mean yeah. let's be honest <laughs> I mean just to go up and I'm like but that's it like nothing to lose just goes yeah. up I'm going to give it a try yeah you know and obviously there's um, and then from there it's like it's, it's basically just more like bouncing around mm-hmm. um, it's more bouncing around more hiding and eventually um, it comes up the best thing to do is to get out of the country yeah he talks about like I'd love to get out of Poland and who's it he's talking to that says like to go to Hungary I can't even remember I think it's part of um, somebody's family because they're Polish mm-hmm. um, but they talk about how they knew someone that was able to smuggle somebody out to um, yeah, Hungary yeah. And apparently, from what she's heard, it might even be the woman she's he's staying with, and it's like they're doing well. It's not as bad there as it is in Poland. So that becomes the new goal. Yeah. Is to get a train. Yep. And get out of the country. Going to Hungary. That's right. And it looks like everything's going great. Mm. They even get to the train station. They get on the train. They pay the people like they however much they were owing them. Um, he's like don't worry it's like we're just falling ahead for border and all this stuff and then of course the train gets swarmed by Nazis unmask them and they find them and march them out and then from there they're stuck into prison so the transport can be arranged and then they're taken to Auschwitz and then you have obviously the famous gates yeah, and then going through the gates and the back of the the trucks, and and that's it. That's where volume one ends. Yeah. Which I'm like, there's a whole second volume full of stuff, and I'm like, oh my goodness, what the heck happens at this camp? Yeah. Did they fill a second volume with it? Like seriously, it's like that's it. That's the end of volume one, and I'm like, I was invested yes. every step of the way. Like I said, this was one of the few comics where I just read it. I wasn't really focused on the art or the pictures. I just read it, man. I was engrossed. Yeah. I mean, Art Spiegelman knows. I know it's a real life story and it's his father, but the way he puts the story down on on paper, puts the pictures Mm -hmm. together and just crafts this amazing comic is phenomenal. It really is phenomenal. I agree. I agree. It reminded me a little of just from an art standpoint. It reminded me a little bit of uh, Usagi Yojimbo. Yeah, it's kind of that old school style. Yeah, I feel like Usagi was a little more polished with the art, but I feel like the art style was perfect for this. Oh yeah, the art style definitely fits that, and it's like it's very much that. I think it's very like Usagi, just because it was not just the anthropomorphic kind of element to it, but just it's very old school. You know, like you said, this came out in the seventies originally, and I mean, I'm reading this in 2022, and it's still as hard hitting. Yeah. You know, what I mean, like 50 years later, this comic yeah. still hits in such a phenomenal way. And um, if you've not read it, like 
let me put this as well across. This was our like Cliff Notes version. There is so yeah. much more to this story, and there's so much more to be engrossed in and to get lost in, and in learning about this story of this family. And um, if you have not read this for yourself, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, and, and it comes, you can get a you can get like a cool uh, box set of the of the two volumes as well. Yeah, it's a really so, really cool. Yeah, you can get a box set of the two, and you can also get like a complete set of like just one big volume of it, and uh, it comes in tons of different forms. Like I'd love to say like yeah, we got the fancy box set version. That's literally the first one that was available. Yeah, that wasn't going to cost me like a hundred bucks for like a for a set, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I would highly recommend this. It's weird because I want to say this is one of the, my favourite comics that we've covered. But I almost don't want to put it on that same level. Mm-hmm. Because it hits very differently. Yeah, It's not like reading like you know some of the other ones that we've loved that we've done. Like Lock and Key and Spencer and Locke and you know, mm-hmm. uh, Invincible and a lot of these other comics with hat clothes and different things. Like it's not... Yeah. It's not a fictional story. It's not a take on a mythos. It's not a... A reinvention of something as a real life story, as is. Literally, the only thing that stops it hitting like that, like being just full blown real life story, is the way the characters are drawn. They have animal heads. Yeah, that's it. Um, but I think it's well worth checking out. Yeah, if you haven't read it, you need to. You really need to. Yeah, I would highly recommend this. And as I said, this is only volume one. We're doing volume one today. We are um, delving into that. Um, we are going to be back next Sunday to go over volume two. This is our first ever like two-part indie comic book club. Because uh, there's two volumes to this and we're going through the whole series. And uh, This is probably one of the first times you'll get like a whole series of something on indie comic book club. And just from the nature of it. Um, and I'm excited. Like I love this comic. I am so hyped to get into volume 2 I'm so excited to delve into volume 2 and see where the story goes from here yeah. in all honesty yeah like I agree. it's this has been a really like engaging read like I really I did not want to put this down Chunk uh, Dude, well, you guys awesome, sold man. me order place for the two volume set you won't regret okay. it Chunk it's, yeah you won't is if there's any comic that you guys pick up that we can recommend to you, pick up Mouse. Yeah. Over anything else that we've recommended, over the amazing creators that we've had on, the amazing comics we've talked about, the amazing, you know, stuff that we've covered on this show. If there's one thing you take away from this show, go and pick up Mouse for yourself. Yeah. And check it out. The comic itself is amazing, but the subject matter is just too important to ignore to. Okay. It's just too important to don't let one school taking it out of its curriculum, which started this whole thing, uh-huh. become it being taken away. Hey, Jay, my lovely wife in chat. It's a story that needs to oh, keep Jay. being told so we don't forget it. Absolutely, hun. Absolutely. Um, it's a story that needs to be told. We can't forget the atrocities that happened there and what these people went through. Mm-hmm. Um, probably genocide on a scale like we have never seen yeah. before or seen since 
because say what you want about about previous genocides and about previous stuff where people were like slaughtered and stuff and I, d I don't want to say it as an excuse to it but there was almost a purpose to it like when the when people travelled to the United States and started wiping out um, the Native Americans or any other country where the natives were wiped out like that there was a purpose of wanting land, wanting seizure, wanting to gain control of stuff, wanting all of this when uh, black people were slaughtered in Africa and brought over in the slave trade to the western world there was trying to get free labour there was almost like a reason behind it which do not misquote me that does not make it right these are horrible yeah. atrocities yeah there was no purpose to the genocide of the Jews during Other the holocaust just, just hatred yeah just this unabounding hatred that Hitler had for them and they were just slaughtered senselessly mm -hmm. just for the fun I mean the guy I talked about that held the gun up to Vladik's head mm -hmm. and if he hadn't got the real papers like he would have been shot his friends later say you're lucky that that worked and you survived that guy is literally called shooter and yeah. he shoots a Jew every day randomly just for fun yeah it's like it's like it was genocide for the sake of hatred on an entire people it's yeah. I don't think there's ever been a genocide or slaughter like it and it's I pray there never will be again it's actually a quote from Hitler at the beginning of the book uh, that Art puts in here he says the Jews are undoubtedly a race but they are not human like that's what they were fighting and that's literally that's yeah it's like, like Hitler did not see them as human they were not on the same level as a human being and it's like and you can tell that that that's what he thought from the yeah. way they were treated it's it was horrifying and like I'm I'm excited to read volume 2 and I'm also kind of terrified mm -hmm. I'm also kind of terrified because I'm like what the hell am I about to read because I've heard some of the stuff that happened at Auschwitz you hear the stories of people talking mm -hmm. about it and the reports on it and I'm like all I keep thinking is there's over a hundred pages, six chapters in the second volume. Yeah. And we're now at Auschwitz. Yeah. With a year left to the end of the war. Mm -hmm. What the hell fills six chapters? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm ready to read it, but I'm also kind of not. Mm hmm. Which is, honestly, I think it's kind of the perfect way to read this book. To be completely yeah. honest with you, I think that's the kind of I mean, mindset not, you should have. Something, we obviously we do indie comics to enjoy the read. To like, mm. oh, this was awesome. You know, we I really enjoyed this aspect of it. I really enjoyed this aspect of it. But it's not really the, obviously the case with this. No, it's, it's not that sort that, of comic. It's it's more important. Yeah. No, and and that's it. And that's that's the thing of like I think that's why it was so important we covered this book. Because yeah, Indie Comic Book Club is meant to be it's meant to be a laugh. It's meant to be fun. It's yeah. meant to be, hey, we checked out this really cool comic, you should go read it. Here's what we loved about it. Or hey, we or checked you shouldn't it, read it. <laughs> or we checked out this comic and oh my goodness, this is awful. Here's why you shouldn't yeah. bother about this. Yeah. Like, you know, the art's great or the art's awful or the storytelling, what the hell were they thinking? You know, it's like yeah. we delve into the aspects of what we love and hate about it. Yep. I love this book. But I do not consider it on the same level as the other books we have done. This is yeah. completely different. This is a must read. One hundred percent. If above any other comic I've ever read, any comic I've got sitting behind me, 
that I've got in my long box, this is a must read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Uh, but sorry if I've went off in like rants or tangents or anything like that today. Oh, good dude. It's it's just a, something that's really hit me at my core. Like as soon as I heard of the controversy around this book, I'm like, that's the next book we need to. Yeah. That's that needs to be done. And I'm grateful that we got the chance to do it again. Shout out to Richmond Comics for hooking us up. Yeah. Chunk even saying in chat there, it's like it's temporarily out of stock, so I don't know when I'll be getting it, but I look forward to reading it, even though it's going to be a tough read. Like, yeah. And that's the thing, like, we honestly did not think we were going to get to review this today. Like, about a week ago, it was like, this is sold out everywhere. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, it came in stock, and I thank God that it did. I thank God that yeah. this came in stock and we got the chance to talk about it. Um, this has been amazing this has yeah, been a phenomenal awesome. a good choice dude this has been a phenomenal book to read and I'm excited to do it next week so yeah folks uh, I think that's pretty much us for today mm-hmm. I, I think we've said as much as we can on this volume although I could just sit and rant and ramble about it forever it feels like I think we've hit pretty much everything and I've rambled enough for about 10 people <laughs> but we will be back next Sunday 2 o'clock Eastern again Yep. Uh, for the second part of Mouse in our Indie Comic Book Club um, again like Chunk was saying like it's out of stock temporarily wherever you can get it check with your local comic stores check on Amazon even just... check your library honestly yeah I think the library is like there's a massive list I think JJ oh yeah like, that's right monster list of people who book it out but <laughs> check like everywhere waiting list. yeah check everywhere to see where you can find it and even if you do have to pre-order it it's worth it yeah it's so worth it it's is well worth checking this book out um, but we are here throughout this week as well we're going to be back this week uh, tomorrow night Jay my lovely wife who's in chat um, is going to be back tomorrow night 8.30pm Eastern um, kicking off a brand new series Bioshock Infinite as she starts the last of the Bioshock games um, so definitely come hang out with her check that out we're dead excited for this one this is the one that everyone's been basically praising as one of the favourites um, so she's really excited for that uh, Tuesday night I will be back 8.30pm here playing through more Batman Arkham City uh, we got through a, I feel like we didn't get through a lot last Tuesday but yeah I was playing for about as long as before just really long storyline elements um, but come and join me for that um, I've been really enjoying that playthrough so I'd love you all to come and join me uh, Nitro will be back on Thursday night at 8.30 yep. you still yep. sticking at 8.30 yeah I think so. Uh, we had a really good stream last Thursday. It was really cool. A lot of cool, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people showed up. Not a lot of cool people. Everybody that showed up was cool. How about that? So it was really cool. So yeah, we'll be back on Thursday. Yeah. Um. So he'll be back eight thirty on Thursday, and then of course I'll be back eight o'clock on Friday night for our new weekly Sea of Thieves stream, where I will be joined by Chunk the Hut, who's chatting away in chat right now. With Caleb from Mountaineers is going to be coming back to join us again, and Steel the Centurion um, took our fourth spot, so that is going to be our crew for this coming Friday. I am looking forward to it. We had a lot of fun last Friday, if you guys missed it, um, so come and check that out. Um, and I just want to say a little something to wrap up here, just something that's been on my mind this week. Like honestly, I think because we've kind of talked a little bit about it, um, it's been really this week. I think it's been really rough on us as streamers because uh, I feel like a lot of our streams in the last week or two I feel like the numbers have been down from where they were mm-hmm. we've had really low numbers and stuff and 
is I think it really started getting us down because as a streamer you start to think like what's wrong with me yeah why am I not why are the numbers not coming in they used to be higher than this why are people not showing up now mm-hmm. don't see some of our regulars in the way that we used to or as frequently as we used to it's like so what's going on why don't they show yeah. up anymore um, and I was talking with Jane kind of like voicing some stuff out and uh, she really helped hit stuff home of why are we doing this I'm doing this because I love comics I love geek culture and I want to share the love of Jesus with all of you I want to share you guys that there's a place to come and talk and be a Christian and be a geek and come and hang out and have fun and just know that you're loved and accepted for exactly who you are mm-hmm. and for everyone who's in chat now everyone who's listening to this on the podcast later watching this on YouTube I want you to know how much we appreciate you Yeah, how much we appreciate that you come and want to hang out with us as we ramble and talk about comics and movies and TV shows and let our geek flag fly quite proudly something that we don't always get the chance to do and yeah. come in and geek out with us and enjoy it with us and come and hang out with us and just enjoy it and I know the podcast is our main thing so it's always probably going to get more viewership than the rest of the stuff because that's what everyone kind of knows us for now Yeah. but for all the other streams that we do thank you so much to everyone who does come out and hang out with us absolutely they come and hang out in the art stream or hangs out when I'm playing Batman or Jay's playing Bioshock or when we play Sea of Thieves and get completely lost and don't know what we're doing which is pretty much every single, which is like pretty much every single stream, <laughs> especially the vomiting each other. Yeah. I just want to say thank you. Because, this isn't a job. I don't. I don't. I don't get fully paid. Like my my goal, I would love for the stream, is I want to keep growing in followers, and I would love to get at least up to forty subs, mm-hmm. a month, because that would translate as about a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm and we get payouts from Twitch at $100 and that would be my goal is to get enough so that we get a payout from here every month so that we can keep upgrading stuff for our stream we can keep getting books for Indie Comic Book Club yeah. we can do mystery boxes like this and do actual things on stream frequently <clears throat> and just to give, because like all the money we get for stream goes to the stream, Like I don't yeah. make money off of this this all, no. we did our taxes and like literally all the money we got from stream is like yeah that was spent on this, that was spent on this that was spent on this <laughs> like literally every cent goes back into the stream yeah um and so that would be my only goal to eventually get to really but i realized i was like i was starting to focus so much on the numbers and not on Mm -hmm. the people coming in yeah and i want to say a massive thank you just to the people yeah i want to second that man yeah we've we've been doing this for like two years which is crazy it's gonna be two years next month two years in march crazy it's been two years and it's like it's insane to think like how far the stream has come how much our community has grown how interactive some of y'all are and just invested all you mm-hmm. you've all gotten with us and just given us this opportunity i have met so many good friends so many amazing people so many people that i just i love being part of our community and i love being part of their communities of their streamers and look man i i know how busy i am and my family is absolutely yeah. cross is way more busy <laughs> than i am so like we i think i mean i know other people are busy i'm not discounting that but we we know we understand what it means when you guys show up to our stream we understand that that means you're taking a night out of your week 
to spend with people that you've probably never met in person, but that you enjoy listening to. Yeah. You know, we appreciate that and we appreciate the support. You guys have lives. Yeah. And I think the realization is like when you do this as a streamer and you get people coming in regularly, it's very easy to start to feel like you owe me. Mm hmm. And start having a mentality that goes that way, and just the realization of kind of like you guys owe us nothing. Right. If Comics in the Cross stopped today, heaven forbid that it does, but like if it stopped today, I couldn't have asked more from our amazing community and everything you all have given me. Yeah. Your amazing love and generosity has literally had me in tears on this stream. Yeah. It's like you guys have given us so much and. You know, and that's completely speaking for me. Like, I can get to me so much sometimes, and I like, and realizing, you know what, you guys are amazing. Shut up, Chunk. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Nitro is more awesome. Though. I mean, Chunk speaks the truth. So, and uh... Chunk getting kicked off the ship for Friday. <laughs> Need a new fourth. <laughs> just kidding. Hey, Chunk, watch out know. for the brig. I'm just going to throw that out there, Chunk. Watch out for the brig. Yeah, just Chunk, if you end up in the brig randomly at some point, then you, you know, just, just, you know, you know, you were, you knew it was coming. But thank you for the love of Chung, and thank you as well, Space. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate you both. I appreciate all of you. Um, but yeah, I just I wanted to say that as a little aside here, because it's something that's been on my mind today, and I've been thinking about and praying on, and like you're all are amazing, and you've given us mm. so much. Yeah. Like, we're just two dudes that love comics and love talking about comics, and just wanted to come and share it with people. And the fact you all showed up. Chunk, don't challenge me, man. You don't yeah, challenge me. I was about to say, don't threaten like him with the, don't threaten him with a good time. You so know don't. What that means. I will throw you in the brig and I will throw fire bombs at you <laughs> and just leave you under there. He will murder you <laughs> while you're in a cage. He has oh, no remorse. That reminds me. I need to clip that scene from Friday Night where I blew you off the front of the ship with a fire Dude, bomb. Dude, <laughs> you got to clip the one where I blew you up too, because that was. I, I I haven't laughed that hard on a stream, I don't think, ever. The clip from my angle is literally going to be like me looking forward and out of nowhere. I just launched to the side for no reason and into the water. I didn't even Dude, know I, it was I coming. I was going to, like, I, I knew it was going to hit you, but I knew it was going to blow you off the boat. So when you flew off the boat, <laughs> I almost fell on the floor, dude. I launched it in the water, like, and I'm in the water. Why am I in the well, water? For some reason, Cross and I got in a, a, a firebomb throwing contest. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, this like, Friday. I literally just started and went, hey, nice one. You went, what? Boom. And I it began. The, the deck with the firebomb, and I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Well, do you know what it was? Because I think we were kind of challenging each other with PvP, and you're like, wouldn't it be cool if PvP was on? And I'm like, well, you know what actually you can do that we can PvP each other with? We can bomb each other. Oh my gosh. You're going to say, Chunk, yeah, you want to challenge me, Chunk? That's fine, but be prepared for this tonight. I will screw up a whole stream chasing you with fireballs. I did not regret it one bit. I will not. But, yeah, I just wanted to wrap up today and say that a massive thank you to our community. You guys are phenomenal. To the Comic Clan, to the Nation of Geeks, you guys are absolutely amazing. Love each and every one of you. We, of course, are done for today, so let me quickly... I should have been doing this, but I've got another rant again. Uh, let me see who is online that we can go and drop a raid on. While you're doing that, I'm posting some stuff in our chat. Uh, if you want to follow us on socials, our socials, we have our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, also drop our Discord in there as well. If you want to come hang out with us outside of the stream, it's it's pretty active. We have tons of different channels. We talk about a ton of different stuff. So if you want to hang out, come join us. Yeah, you want to hang out and chat. We love to chat with you. We try and chat as frequently as we can. Uh, we try and keep it going as much as we can. And 
if we miss any conversation, apologies. Like we said, we have life, so sometimes it does happen. But but we would love to chat with you about everything and anything that you want. I mean, if we were to talk about comic stuff, that'd be probably preferable. We can actually get involved. You can come and talk about football if you want, but you know, as that conversation, I'm not going to be able to contribute anything. So I'll sit there and go, uh huh, yeah, that sounds really cool, yeah. And that's about my that's about my input. And let's see who's on. It looks like it's a very different kind of people. Eh. There we go, we've not read the third before. Let's go read Sassy Sapphire. She is playing some Sea of Thieves. Let's go and show her some love. Uh, she is part of the clan cast that we're part of, so let's go and show her some love. Oh no, even better. Sinner's Prayer from United from the uh, Unashamed Networks on. Let's go show Sinner some prayer. Let's go show Sinner some love. His <laughs> name is Sinner's Prayer. Shut up, Cross. Cross is tired. Cross had a date night oh and a flood God. last night. He's very tired. Show center some prayer. Let's do it. Arsenal Bible Nerd, one hundred percent. You can catch it. Um, I'm going to be posting it on uh, wherever you can get your podcast or on YouTube. But thank you so much for coming at the end. Hope the game went well. Hope it was worth it. Um, but we are going to go. We are going to show some love to Sinner's Prayer, and we will see you all tomorrow night, eight thirty p.m. Remember, it's a good week to be a geek. Take care and have a good night. Zero miedo Zero miedo Zero miedo Zero fear Zero fear Zero miedo Zero miedo Zero miedo Zero fear Zero fear